Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, at some point today, it's going to be partly cloudy. If you're up already, you may notice there's some light pockets of snow. It ain't sticking. I won't worry about it. But be careful nevertheless. High of 41 today, tonight clear, low of 19. And then for tomorrow, sunny and a high of 35. It's about, oh, I don't know, 31 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. You're going to be listening to the podcast later on today. Be posted after 10 o'clock this morning. It's brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. Hell of a show today. Scott Zolak will be joining us. We're going to talk about the Patriots wrapping up their season. Mercifully, quietly. On uh, Sunday, you'll hear that game against the Jets here on Rock 102. And then also, it's a Thunderbird Thursday. Your chance to win tickets to see Thunderbirds take on Providence on Saturday, plus a bunch of other great stuff with that package. Let's know all about the details of that a little bit later on. Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 in the Scorpions with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be, uh, I'll tell you in one second here, uh, going to be uh, sunny eventually. You know, there's some snow showers out there right now, but nothing too much to worry about. High of 39 tomorrow, sunny with a high of 31, and then uh, we'll talk about the storm coming up later on this hour. It's uh, whatever. It's 553 at Rock 102. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, No word yet from Aaron Rodgers, but Pat McAfee, McAfee, how do you say that? McAfee. McAfee has apologized for what Rodgers said about Jimmy Kimmel on the Pat McAfee. McAfee. McAfee show. The other day, long story short, Rogers suggested that Kimmel would be outed as an associate of former financier and pedophile slash sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Kimmel then threatened Rogers with legal action. On his show yesterday, Pat said, quote, we obviously don't like to be associated with anything negative ever, so we apologize for even being a part of it. That was a mistake on Aaron Rodgers' part. I uh, I can't wait to hear what Aaron has to say about it. Uh, hopefully, these two, those two will just be able to settle this. You know, uh, not work wise, but be able to chit chat and move along. I don't think there's any chit chatting going on with Aaron Rodgers. No, I think he chit chats, but uh, when he's the one who has to apologize for saying something out of turn, yeah. Yeah, it might be a, might have a little bit of a, of a different twist. Pat also said he thinks Aaron was just trying to uh, crap talk Jimmy. He didn't use the word crap, though. Sure. But he added, quote, he's going to have to clarify that for us. He will. I like uh, Pat McAfee to clarify why he doesn't wear sleeves. Um, why does he not wear sleeves? No, he's on, like, uh, ESPN now wearing nothing but tank tops. Uh, it, uh, it just doesn't look right. I didn't see your name on the Jeffrey Epstein flight log yesterday. Steve, I... Uh, Believe it or not, I was never invited to participate. And if I were invited, I would decline. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's, I like him a little older. You know, I guess we can try to talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, come on, everybody on those flight logs, not one of them knew. You know, I just want you to know there's no criminal wrongdoing here. These were just all the people associated with this guy flying back and forth <laughs> the United States to his little island out there. I had no idea what was going on oh, there. No, I nothing. just thought, uh, I I thought don't, it was a cocktail party. Yeah, one guy says he doesn't even know him, and the other guy was like, oh, nothing. Uh, I didn't do nothing wrong. I didn't do nothing wrong. Anybody got a cigar? 
That's my horrible uh, Bill Clinton impression. Yeah. When you when you see like you know Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton on that list, is anyone terribly surprised? No. Of course not. Not at all. America Ferrara says her speech in Barbie about how hard it is to be a woman is a little on the nose, but still important. We can know things and still need to hear them out loud. It can still be cathartic. So true. I don't remember the speech. I think I fell asleep during that part of the movie. (laughs) I did. I fell asleep for like a half hour during that thing. Uh, We watched it over the weekend. Did you fall asleep too? (laughs) Absolutely. Did you? Yes. Is it, I wonder if it's some kind of thing where, because a lot of adults uh, that I know have said that they have fallen asleep during it, and I wonder if that's like some sort of hypnotic thing for the adults to fall asleep while the kids watch the rest of the movie. Are all of those adults men? No. Because it's a very uh, you know pro-feminism message. Maybe that's why. In I the parts fell that I recall, and I, and that that would have put me to sleep. I woke up and there was no sandwich made for me. I was like, what's what's going on? I'm hungry. The dishes didn't clean themselves yeah. while I was sleeping. Why is this laundry not folded over here? Two and a half hour movie? Think you get something done, huh? <laughs> well, she was watching the film. I can't wait for the mail later on oh, today. Oh, I know. Uh, Adam Driver has played two Italians in a row, but not on purpose. Quote, I'm surprised about how much it comes with. It's like, uh, you have a thing. And I'm like, it's two. It's two Italians. It's just two. Who gives a crap? They were giving him guff for uh, playing Italian guys. Is he not capable of playing Italian guys? I don't he, he know. He could pass as Italian. You know, I was... Uh, the, the whole idea that, like... People, you, you have to be that ethnicity mm-hmm. in order to play the part. Like, that's like this cultural thing. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Joe Pesci played an Italian guy 15 times in a row. I'm sorry. Who is that? Joe Pesci. Never heard of him. Really? Yeah. Now, Marissa Tomei. Now, I have heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I was watching that the other day. My cousin Vinny. He plays an Italian guy in that film. He does? Yes, he does. I had no idea. He does. Kelly Clarkson says she lost weight by listening to her doctor. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. If I just put my ear up to him (laughs) and put down the toe hose, she maintains a balanced diet with lots of protein and walks around her home of New York City. Must be a pretty big home in New York City to be walking around losing weight. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you walk around the streets of New York City, you're getting plenty of exercise. Uh, Rage Against the Machines drummer Brad Wilk announced yesterday that the band will not be touring or playing live ever again. He apologized to fans and thanked them for their support over the years. And then he said, we'll be back in five years when we really need the money and we need to tour again. That's kind of how that usually (laughs) works. Yeah, when everything gets drained from our accounts, then we'll talk. I can't remember. I think it was Poison. Brett Michaels and Poison are like, oh, 2014. This is going to be our last final tour. Yeah which extended into 2017 and 2019 and then back again in 2022. Well, look, at, look at the Kiss tour it just wrapped up. That was almost like a two-and-a-half-year-long farewell tour. Well, it's a long time to say goodbye. And they're not even saying goodbye. There's going to be, like, uh, holographic images, and they'll be playing it live of Kiss. Uh, let's see. A new video shows that Ian Ziering was the first one to get physical in his bra with those mini bike riders. Remember we were talking about that yesterday? Right. Two of the bikers said they did nothing wrong and the tank was unprovoked. I can kind of see that happening. Like, you're intimidated, so you get out of the car and you start crap. 
even though nothing might have happened to you yet. There was a lady who was just sentenced for that. She shot somebody in a road rage incident. Mm -hmm. And they proved that, like, you followed this guy and then you shot him. Like, that's... Even though you felt like you were the one that was being, you know, attacked, she was the one that actually turned the tables. The moment you react to someone who's on the road, that's then your fault. It doesn't matter what they did. If you're the one who followed somebody and then hurt somebody, it's it's on you. Yeah. And uh, the Kim Kardashian video game is shutting down after 10 years. Uh, Yeah. Kim must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had a game go down on me was when Ray J shoved his Mario mushroom into the Peach Princess and wiped up the mess with the Luigi squeegee in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. I like the Mario Kart reference. You like that? I do. I like that a lot. Uh, Caitlin? Well, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once played Call of Booty. (laughs) A little Skeet Fighter Five. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is... We played a game of Assassin's Peed Gold Edition. <laughs> We've come a long way since Donkey Schlong and <laughs> Cuck Hunt. <laughs> You're not a cuck, are you? Uh, no, I'm uh. not. I, uh, no, no. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash <laughs> on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, on Sunday, the New England Patriots will quietly, mercifully end their regular season schedule with a mathematically irrelevant divisional matchup against the New York Jets. Remember them? Remember how they were certain Super Bowl contenders for a full minute and a half? Well, that didn't exactly go as expected, but then again, neither the Patriots season this year either, where, if my notes are correct, I predicted they would end their season with a record of nine wins and eight losses. As it turns out, my predictions were almost as misguided as the belief that Aaron Rodgers was going to take the New York Jets to their first Super Bowl since I was two. So the big question now is, what happens now? Win or lose, many are asking what the Patriots will do next. Will they keep Bill Belichick as their head coach or will they ask him to hand in his keys? Will the Patriots select a quarterback in the upcoming draft, perhaps a wide receiver or an offensive lineman? Or will they choose another in a long line of overrated has-been talents that fails to live up to anyone's expectations? You know, like the last eight first-round draft picks they've had. Or will the Patriots get their act together and start acting like the best organization in football? You know, like the one they used to be. When asked what he expected to happen once the season is over, Bill Belichick's answer yesterday was simply, we're focused on the Jets, which is the same answer he's given for the last 23 years. Here's my question to you. Why are you focused on the New York Jets? Is there any advantage to actually beating them? There's probably a greater advantage in letting them win. Nobody really cares what the outcome is going to be unless you've got money on it, and frankly, I wouldn't even bother. Listen, I can understand the idea of Bill Belichick wanting to wear his best poker face heading into an upcoming football game, but only when those games matter, not when it might just be your last day at work. You're looking at a game between two teams with no mathematical possibilities of being seated in the playoffs whatsoever, and that's what you're choosing to focus on? What the hell is wrong with you? Because if I were in your position, I'd be thinking about just about everything else. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, where would you go for a snow thrower for the upcoming storm? I would go to Rocky's. Aaron's the king of snow, Ego the battery-powered badass, plus craftsman. Rocky's Ace Hardware is the place to go. Your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102.
Springfield's Classic Rock. To Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 and Rush with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, going to be eventually sunny today with a high of 39. There's a few spot snow showers out there right now, but nothing uh, nothing to cry home about. Is it cry home or write home about? Um, who's writing letters anymore? I, I mean, be, really. Well, I'd be crying if it was like 10 inches of snow, which we might get this weekend. So, uh, But a uh, high of 39 today, tomorrow sunny with a high of 31. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Now, I just want to – it's not like we don't want to talk about things – there's a there's a, a horrible tragedy that happened in summers yesterday where four four children died in a house fire. Uh, there's not much to talk about. There's an investigation going on. It's a horrible, horrible tragedy. But just bef- because I ke- I'm getting emails going, are you going to talk about this? There's really not so much to talk about other than, you know, there's a lot of people grieving right now yeah. for, for, uh, for other people. So it, it, it doesn't require... Any kind of elaborate uh, discussion about it? No, uh, other other than to say, there's a couple of GoFundMe accounts out there right, right now to uh, to help the family, right? And uh, and, and it, I think that's probably a really good thing. There are, and it's really important that you make sure that it's coming from a reliable source because, unfortunately, in this world, that people like to take advantage of other people by pretending they're somebody. But uh, we're going to uh, – what I'll do is this morning is I'll find out the right one for you to, to, to donate to if you feel like you, you need to do that. So good. that's that. Uh, 23andMe. Did you ever do one of these things, this genetic uh... – I did the one from uh, Ancestry. Okay. And, uh, and you know, I, mean, you... I, I guess I found out what I kind of already expected. Did you find out what you are – yeah, you already knew what you were. Yeah, what I didn't know is the percentage of yeah. uh, of what I am. What's the biggest percentage that you had? Scottish. What? Which was kind of a surprise. Well, I, I see you eating haggis every morning. Here. Oh yeah, no, I'm a, I'm big on the haggis. Mm. I'm uh, I'm eating haggis two at a time. Nothing like a good lamb's intestine. Oh, stuffed are you with me? Uh, mutton meat. I love uh, mutton and squirrel meat together. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, mixed with bland oats. Sounds delicious. Oh, uh, are those overnight bland oats? <laughs> Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, I do it smartly. I only eat the haggis after I've fasted for a good sixteen hours. Not to get into too much of an aside here, but uh, the uh, I had overnight oats from the grocery store. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's all ready to go, and I opened it up, and I'm like, oh, this tastes like vomit. Why would anybody <laughs> want to eat this? This is disgusting. I listen. I've been sleeping all night, mm-hmm. and this is the best I can do. That's the best you can do. Well, anyway, uh, back to the uh, 23andMe genealogy thing. Uh, facing more than 30 lawsuits from victims of its massive data breach, 23andMe is now deflecting the blame to the victims themselves in an attempt to absolve itself from any responsibility. They had this massive data breach last year, and. Almost all the users were compromised. So if you had any information up there, I didn't do the test, and the test expired. Oh, really? So I got these like a couple of years ago. Somebody gifted them, and then, you know, it just fell by the wayside, uh, and then that was that was the end of it. And then I, when I found the kits, I'm like, oh, this thing expired like two months ago. So much for that. Sorry, whoever spent that kind of money on See me. See what you missed out on? You, yeah. you not only missed out on having your entire genetic makeup uh, uh, 
uh, uh, presented to you, but you missed out on some good uh, you know, victimization. I'm always uh, one of those people that believes everything happens for a reason, and there was a reason why I didn't uh, go through with that, because it was like a kit for me and my kids. Right. Uh, which I don't, which I, why wouldn't I just test the kid? You know, then you find out everything you need to know. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden, you know, Maury Povich shows right. up on your front door and says, you are not the father. Uh, but rather than acknowledge. Although having, having known your kids for as long as I have, there's yeah. no doubt you're the father. That's true. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Hassan Zaveri, one of the lawyers representing the victims who received the letter from 23andMe, uh, told TechCrunch uh, website in an email, Rather than acknowledge its role in this data security disaster, 23andMe has apparently decided to leave its customers out to dry while downplaying the seriousness of these events. In December, 23andMe admitted that hackers had stolen the genetic and ancestry data of 6.9 million users, nearly half of all its customers. So it was half of the customers that they had. The uh, data breach started with hackers accessing only around 14,000 user accounts. The hackers broke into the first set of victims by brute-forcing accounts with passwords that were known to be associated with the targeted customers, a technique uh, known as credential surfing. So that's why you should never use your same password for every different thing. Right. As much as it's a pain in the ass, it's even more of a pain in the ass to try to wipe your credit score clean when somebody starts, you know, uh, pulling out uh, credit checks and, and, and opening up accounts for you that you'd never intended to open. In other words, uh, by hacking only into fourteen thousand uh, six point. Oh, I'm sorry. In other words, by hacking into the um, wait a minute, where am I going? Oh, from these fourteen thousand initial victims, yeah. hacker uh, the hackers were able to then access the personal data of six point nine other million victims because they had opted into twenty three and Me's DNA relatives feature. This optional feature allows cus- uh, customers to automatically share some of their data with people who are considered their relatives on the platform. So if you connect, like if you uh, yeah. wound up, con- oh, wait, I'm related to this guy. Hey, we're, we're going to be buddies on 23andMe. Well, now everybody knows who your roots are. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, like, a, like a pyramid scheme. It starts off from the tippity top, and by the end of it, everyone's infected. Mm-hmm. In a letter to a group of hundreds of 23andMe users who are now suing the company, 23andMe said that users negligently recycled and failed to update their passwords following these past security incidents, which are unrelated to 23andMe. Therefore, the incident was not the result of 23andMe's alleged failure to maintain reasonable security measures. Zavri said that 23andMe is shamelessly blaming the victims of the data breach. This finger-pointing is nonsensical. 23andMe knew or should have known that many consumers used recycled passwords, and thus 23andMe should have implemented one of the many safeguards available to protect against credential stuffing, especially considering that 23andMe stores personal identifying information, health information, and genetic information on its platform. I don't know if you've seen this, because I'm seeing this a lot, especially with like uh, you know banks and credit cards. Mm-hmm. They will automatically cancel your password after 30 days, 60 yeah. days, whatever it is. So you always have to regenerate a new password. It's actually a, probably yeah. a pretty smart way of doing it. But to say that you know your customers are to blame because of something that they fail to do. Yeah. How do you think they got into all that information? Not by going directly to the customers, but going to the, the gaps in security of the company. Yeah. If you got your information stolen from that website then now 
that's the harvested information that they use for other websites. You know, the the, the hackers do. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. kind of balls does the company have to say it's oh yeah it's your fault? Yeah, we're only a multi-million yeah. dollar company. We're not responsible for anything that you give us, especially personal medical information. Listen, we are the biggest gaslighting company in the world, other than say like uh, you know say Microsoft yeah. or. Amazon, but we'll gaslight anybody we can. It wasn't my, our fault. This is your fault. And you're the one who did it. And uh, I believe the clerk at or the pharmacist at CVS the other day who read all your information <laughs> was head of uh, security at Twenty Three and Me. Did you ever follow up on that? By no, the way? I, I haven't had a chance yet. Yeah. But uh, I, I will. Uh, I will be writing a, a very uh, terse uh, email you to just- somebody in the CVS. Or uh, the, the CBS organization. You should publish that letter once you write it. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I may have to uh, redact some of the specifics. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty egregious. Yeah. If you didn't hear Monday's uh, show, Bax had this uh, incident where he went to go pick up some medicine, and the pharmacist was yelling out the symptoms that he had uh for the uh for well, the, the medicine the the pharmacist she announced not only the medication but mm-hmm. then she was asking me if i was experiencing any of these side effects but doing it in front of another 15 people behind yeah. me in line loudly as opposed to you know pulling me aside to that little small consultation area yeah this is right in front of the register now well, has the valtrex helped with the canker sores backs are you still having those oozing lesions yeah. Yeah, are you still, uh, what do they call that? Uh, are you still having, uh, we said it the other day, cauliflower-like symptoms? Yes. Are you, are you having any uh, issues with your perineum? What's that one? Oh, that's the undercarriage. That's the undercarriage, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is, the, this is the type of thing. Nobody cares about personal information anymore. No, of course not. Whether it be CVS or 23andMe. Now, if, C- if CVS has the same attitude as a 23andMe, they could say, well, it's my fault for being in the pharmacy to begin with. It's my fault for having medical issues. It's your fault for coming and asking us questions. You I, should know all this information. I didn't ask questions. I gave you my name, my date of birth, and uh, that was all I had to do. And here you are with your uh, your uh, syphilis medication <laughs> that you've now picked up from all those guys up at Swallow Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, you're, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you're absolutely right. Well, all, the, all, <laughs> all those guys in the pier. It's 623 and me at Rock 102. Are you looking? It's 625 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Dan Brown can give you the forecast because he's really good at it and he knows more about that storm coming in this uh, this weekend. Hey, uh, get a load of this. We not only have uh, Scott Zolak coming up after 8 o'clock, we also have uh, a Thunderbird Thursday. Tickets to Saturday's game against Providence plus a bunch of other great stuff tossed into that prize package. Yeah. That's coming up later on today too. Hey, uh, you know that tuxedo thing worked. I uh, I changed the picture on that poster that I'm selling those tickets for the comedy show for the Elks Club on the 20th. I saw that poster. It looks fantastic. It looks great. And the, the guy who did it, uh, he did it for nothing. He's like, no, I'll just make the change for you. And he made the change, and uh, now all of a sudden it looks like a like a million dollar poster, comedy poster. Dude, it just so it shows so much sophistication and mm-hmm. class, which you would never expect from local comedy. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to wear the tux the night of the show. You absolutely want to wear that tux the night of the show. No, I'll be the only one in a tux. Yeah, and that's it's why. An, it's an Elks Club. Most of them show up in their uh, flannel shirts and their boots. Listen, there are. 
an Elks Lodge, if it's ever been used as say like a like a wedding venue, yeah, they're occasionally a guy wearing a tux at the Elks. Well, I mean, they wear tuxes for their big nights when they have like uh, the the dinners and all that stuff. You don't think comedy night at the Elks is a big night? This no, is the biggest uh, night of the year. I don't think that comedy night at the Elks is going to be the biggest thing of the year. But uh, but hey, I'm I'm appreciative of everybody who's already bought tickets for that. And if you want to buy tickets for that show, it's going to be a great night. It's uh, January twentieth, and the poster, my beautiful mug in that uh, in, in that tuxedo. I'll tell you what, on you're, Facebook you're, and Instagram, and you're cut like a diamond, and and dressed to kill. Mm-hmm. Exact. And when you kill, that's another thing for comedy. Yeah, you know, it's like a, it's like a two th- like that's that means two things. Yes, that means two things. So there you go. I think you you got to wear that tux not only that night but every other night. All right. Well, I guess we'll get down to it. Yes. Would you like to laugh? Yeah, sure. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how I mean funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you on Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. So an FBI agent tells a Montana rancher. We're out in Montana now. Okay. I need to inspect your ranch for illegally grown drugs. The old rancher says, uh, okay, but don't go in that field over there. The agent turns and quickly is in the face of the rancher. Mister, I have the authority of the federal government with me. Reaching into this rear pant pocket and removing this badge, the officer proudly displays it to the farmer. See this badge? This badge means I'm allowed to go wherever I wish on any land. No questions asked or answers given. Have I made myself clear? Do you understand? And the old rancher nods politely and uh, goes about his chores. Later, the old rancher uh, hears loud screams and spies the agent running for his life. And close behind is the rancher's bull. With every step of the bull is gaining in ground on the agent, the agent is clearly terrified. The old rancher immediately throws down his tools, runs to the fence, and yells at the top of the lungs, Your badge! Show him your badge! That was the end of the the badge. Well, like the badge was going to get him out of being gored by a bull. Well, you know what? You don't yeah. know. You, you don't know how intimidated the, the bull might get when they see a, a badge that I, you're you know, about to trample law enforcement. I've seen those bull videos in Spain. Did you ever see a guy whip out a badge and the bull just goes, whoa, whoa, I had no idea. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, officer. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm on parole. <sighs> I got to pick better ones. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 631. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thank you, Bax. Some uh, sad news this morning. Four children have died in a house fire in Summers, uh, Connecticut, on Tuesday. The fire was in a home on Quality Avenue around 10.30 p.m., which is near the Enfield town line. The captain of the Summers Fire Department said that 11 people were inside the two-family home when the fire started. According to First Selectman Tim Keeney, four children from the same family died as a result of that fire. Their ages were 5, 6, 8, and 12. An older sibling who jumped out of the second-floor window was home with the children at the time of the fire. Uh, there was a news conference yesterday afternoon where a spokesman for the Connecticut State Police explained what comes next in the investigation. The damage to the house was very significant, so for investigators to sift through their, that rubble, to sift through all that damage to find exact, the exact origin and cause of the fire is going to take some time. That's uh, Connecticut State Trooper First Class Pedro Muniz said. Uh, absolutely heartbreaking. Our prayers go out to the victims, to their loved ones, to the fire personnel, and everyone in Summers. This is such a tragedy, and as a state, we grieve collectively, said John Kissel. Uh, Twelve surrounding departments assisted in putting the fire out, which wasn't controlled until well after midnight. In addition to the children, a litter of puppies were unable to be saved from the home uh, as well. 
Principals of local schools were notified about being uh, and will be offering different resources to those that are affected. The Red Cross is assisting five people who are left without a home from this fire. The state fire marshal will be investigating. Uh, the cause has not yet been released. But uh, what a what a horrible, horrible tragedy uh, down in Summers. And as I said earlier, we'll get um, the right GoFundMe. Yeah, there's uh, or, there's a number of them that are out there right now, but uh, what a horrible, horrible thing it is. And uh, and again, we'll I, we'll find the right one for you. We'll put it up on our on our Facebook page uh, this weekend or today. Uh, as far as this weekend goes, the 22 News Storm Team is tracking snow for the weekend along the East Coast. That might include us. Are we we're, only- a li- we're a little bit uh, inland, don't you think? Yeah, it'll be a very quiet weather day today with a mix of sun and clouds and a breeze from the west. The high temperatures will be in the low 40s. There's a chance of a few flurries uh, this morning, which I saw outside. The ground was covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I didn't... Our, our, we had no accumulation here in uh, East Law Meadow or, or Hamden, uh, I think because we're closer to the equator, but I, I uh, nothing to shovel. The equator? Yeah, yeah, the equator. It's the hotter, hottest uh, part of the uh, the planet. Isn't the equator like 3,000 miles away? Yeah, but the closer you get, the warmer it gets. So oh, I mean, yeah, It's a yeah. difference between, say, like 32 degrees and 33. But they're uh, watching a snow system uh, from Saturday night into Sunday morning, the quick-hitting system will form along the east coast. The northern track indicates heavier snow, which uh, most models are showing. With the southern track, the snow system moves more out to sea, which will bring less snow and weaker snow. The uh, 22 News Storm Team will update the time frame of the snow as the week continues. Another storm, uh, Tuesday into Wednesday, next week has the possibility of more snow. Oh, we're finally uh, we're finally getting into winter oh, around good. here. Isn't that... Uh isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, I guess I might, well, I might have to start the snowblower just to see if it still works. You should have done that like two months ago. I like to take my time. Do you? I don't like to rush into these things. I wound up uh, just hiring some guy to do my driveway. It's the best thing to do, man. You know, and it's uh, it's so much easier to just let somebody else go and do it. You know, I could. Uh, I'm at the age now where I could slip and fall and break a pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. Do I really want to take that risk, or would I much much rather hire a man with a bigger truck than mine? No, you don't want to. You want to be out trucked. I don't mind being out trucked. I didn't buy. I didn't buy that truck for the purposes of plowing. You know, I I wouldn't. Uh, I would yeah. never do that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Snow plowing. Oh, oh, that that kind of thing. Uh, a follow-up on an editorial that criticized black community leaders in Springfield for not supporting uh, mayoral candidate Justin Hurst in the November election. Now those leaders who were called out in the piece are asking for a boycott of the paper. In an editorial written in December's edition of African American Point of View, the paper's owner, Fred Hurst, to criticize leaders in the black community in Springfield for not supporting his son Justin in the November mayoral election. He used the terms white-loving and Uncle Tom to call out politicians, activists, and religious leaders like State Representative Bud Williams, Stone Soul Festival founder, uh, co-founder Jay Griffin, Springfield Police Commissioner, Commission member C. Jackson, and members of the Council of Churches of Greater Springfield. The Council of Churches of Greater Springfield president is Archbishop Timothy Paul. He said, uh, we cannot tolerate that kind of language and vitriol in our community. You attack the very people that bring life into our community. Uh, in this month's edition of Point of View, 
Reverend Dr. Atu White wrote an editorial in response called When the Truth Hurts that did not include a retraction or apology to the December peace. Archbishop Paul said that they're not said that they now are planning to ask the paper's advertisers to boycott. There is a letter that is being drafted and is being made to available to as many people across racial lines that will sign this letter. Then the letter will be distributed to each of the advertisers. We will also be meeting individually with those advertisers. You know, I'm not a big fan of boycotts. I think if uh, an advertiser wants to pull their advertising, that's up to them. But I totally understand where these folks are coming from because... You know, this is this was a divisive, ill-spirited, misdirected uh, editorial by uh, by Frederick Hurst. Totally, mm-hmm. you know, throwing you know his, members of his own community under the bus on yeah. this. If someone doesn't want to publicly endorse a candidate, they're under no obligation to do so, no matter who that candidate may be. I've never done it. Uh, uh, Talbot Swan has never done it. I know a lot of people that just don't feel comfortable about doing it. I don't, and I don't think it would, even even if they had, I don't think it would have made a bit of difference since it was like a like a fifteen percent difference in Dom Sarno's number of votes to Justin Hurst's votes. Yeah, and I don't think that uh, voting for somebody just because of the color of their skin is is the right way to go about something. When you vote, when I vote. You vote for the for the well, not that we've seen much of it lately, but you vote for the person who you think has the most integrity, you know, more or than the, or the, the person who is you know, better suited for the job. That's that's what I mean. But uh, to say, well, you didn't support him, and where were you because you know he's an African American and you are African American, you didn't stand up for him. Uh, that's not really the the way that things work. Yeah, and I hate to tell you. Um, you had terrible voter turnout citywide. So, except for that last weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, when you offer the fish sandwich, hey, who can turn, hey, who, who can turn that who's down? Who's going to turn that down? But uh, listen, I I think what uh, Mr. Hurst wrote in this article is uh, is really pretty shameful and embarrassing and shocking, frankly. Yeah, and especially to the people. You know, you know I mean, just because you didn't publicly. Uh, announce your endorsement doesn't mean you don't support a candidate it just means you don't publicly announce Mm -hmm. and i'm not so sure that the public endorsement would have made a damn bit of difference Mm, i don't think i don't think it would have either especially since you know you're talking about days after this video comes out Mm -hmm. of people questioning well you know what's happening here are you know our votes being influenced by ten dollars and fish sandwiches you know we don't even know the results of that yet, because that investigation, as far as I know, is still going on. Yeah, there. Uh, that's a, that is a current investigation, and we'll find out the results of that probably within the next year or so. Uh, a classic soft serve ice cream shop is in the process of opening at seven fifty one B Union Street in West Springfield. It's next to seven fifty one A. Yeah, yeah, it's a much better street. Makes it look like a like a chocolate milk shop. Mm. Uh, Westside Creamery Cones will be the latest addition to the vibrant city shopping and eating district. The announcement was made first made on their Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Union Street is considered to be the eating district of West Springfield. Well, isn't that uh, isn't that where the uh, the Krebs Tea House is? You got uh, yeah, but I've never considered that to be the eating district. I always considered that to be the 
cut-through street between two major intersections. Well, well uh, yes, but it's also the eatery. Well, wait, what what's, what what uh, what road is Bella Napoli on? B Napoli or whatever it is. Uh, B Napoli is on. Uh, what is it? Is, is that, that Elm that, Street? It's Elm Street. I think yeah, so. It's Elm. Yeah, it's yeah, so where's this Union Street? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, Union Street is between like uh, you know the town green and and uh, Memorial. Yeah, I used to work right off of there with the at the at the Choo Choo's because it's an industrial area. Yes. Yeah. It's I, the eating area, the eating district. Uh, well, I guess if you technically can cons- wait, where does Union Street? Now I got to look this up. Union Street, uh, West Springfield, because that. Let's see. Yeah, see. Yeah, you that, mean, you, yeah, but, but if you're looking at Union Street, they have all of all of these things are on before it turns into Elm. You have the Wendy's, the Crepes Tea House, the Taste of Lebanon, uh, the Ahana Foods. So I guess it's more like ethnic kind of stuff over there. I just never heard it referred to as the eating district of West Springfield because you've got loads of places to eat in West Springfield. Well, you know what. Uh, this is coming from 22 News, the same people who say Aquanet is a local <laughs> band. I wonder if or those Brian re- Damage. Yeah, and I wonder if those uh, if those restaurants uh, had moved in by taking over with I don't know. It's my first day on the job. You can't just. I know, but you, you, what? You drive through like West Springfield like four times a week. Oh, it looked like an eatery to me. It looked like a like a restaurant row over in West Springfield. Listen, I'm not saying that there aren't great places to eat in West Springfield. There's all kinds of great places, and on, on Union Street, no doubt about it. Yeah. But I've just never heard it referred to as the, the eating district, the vibrant city shopping and eating district. Where's the shopping? Where is that going on? There's a supermarket on. There's like a like a like a Russian supermarket there. Yeah, but you almost got to get beyond Union Street before you can go to say I don't know uh, Bob's Discount Furniture or yeah. uh, or, <laughs> or any of the other stores that are out there. Anyway, this announcement was first made on their Facebook page last month, stating, "Be prepared to experience the joy of ice cream when Westside Creamery opens its doors in your neighborhood very soon." They're currently running a soft ice cream truck in Western Mass, doing private parties. Owners of the business. Mehmet Sargulu and uh, says the idea for ice cream shop in the city came after receiving many requests for the soft serve truck to serve areas of West Springfield. They used to have a soft serve place up uh, right after the uh, what the hell was the name of that bar? It's still there. Uh, the Crest Room. You know where the Crest Room is? Yeah. So right and and then like going up right before that food bag. Uh, gas oh, I, yeah, I used to go to I that it was place. JJ? Was it? No, it wasn't JJ. No, JJ's no, no. over here. Uh, that's JB's over here. JB's. What, there was a soft serve place yeah. that was there. That's not there anymore? It's gone. It's, it, it, I don't know what happened to it. Uh, I don't know if the- Did the entire soft serve uh, community collapse? Well- but And they, that's what happened to it? But at the top of the hill, uh, where uh, the intersections of Kings Highway and Route 20 meet, mm-hmm. there's a- It used to be a liquor store, I believe- and now it's a boozy ice cream shop. I got no problem with that. No. But that's not really kind of what they're going. Like, that's like hard ice cream mixed in with booze and, you know, yeah. more adult flavor kind of stuff. You can bring kids in there, but it's it's more of like the adult-based, like, um, what do you call it? Nightcap, if you will. I got to tell you, I got no problem with, uh, with soft serve. 
We got a damn fine place right here in Hamden, uh, Mountain View. Yeah. Oh, man. Hell yes. There's a place up in upstate New York, in Marcellus, New York, called the, uh, it's Marcellus Ice Cream, right? All right. And when I was a kid, this place sucked. Like, it was just, you know, you try to get a soft serve cone, it was like biting into a, like a, like a tray of ice with milk, like oh, chocolate yeah. that's milk. Not, that's not good. Like crappy chocolate milk. So then, uh, you know, probably about six, seven years ago, when I go up to visit my brother, he goes, uh, yeah, we should go for ice cream with the kids. We would take them down to the Marcellus ice cream. And I'm like, Bleh! like I already like gag it in my throat. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, it's a new owner. They've taken over the, the, the thing. and It's so much better. And he wasn't wrong. It's soft serve, but it's like it's creamy. Mm-hmm. Like, like they actually use heavy cream to make the soft serve versus the and it's kind of pricey. But you get so much. The small is about the size of like a like a log, like a yeah. like one of those. Uh, I told you that last summer. Like in there's a couple of places in New Hampshire that do the same thing. When mm-hmm. you like, I ordered. I was told uh, we were there with some other people. I say get the get the kid size. Yeah, I'm like really? That's you know, yeah, you kid get, size. Kid size. Like- any other ice cream place is like a like a thimble with ice cream. He said no. Cheers. Yeah, trust on this. This, this feeds six children. Unbelievable! Yeah. I mean, it was like if you if you like open up an entire half gallon of ice cream and try yeah. to cram it into a sugar cone, yeah. that's how much you got as the kid size. And that's what this was. You they have to put it in these like styrofoam boats because yeah. it's so big you can't hold it up standing straight. And that's again the kid size. And then the adult size is probably like I don't know the size of a two by four. That's probably about three feet long. Which if is, uh, if you were even slightly lactose intolerant, you'd go off like the Hindenburg. Yeah, you probably would. Uh, but hey, uh, West, soft serve is coming back to West Side. Oh, that's great! And right there in the eating district of town. I bet you that kid Will Reichelt, uh, he's going to be the first one in line. Uh, Uncle Ed, can you <laughs> buy me an ice cream? <laughs> I want an ice cream, and I want a hot dog, and I want a cheeseburger, and I want some popcorn. You'll get nothing like it. Yeah, uh, son, after you're done with the Pooh River swim, uh, you can get yourself a nice uh, soft surf. That kind of looks like what you just swam through. It's the same kind of creamy slurry that you love to cannonball into. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 32. It is 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's 640, almost 649 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, I just gave you the forecast. Uh, It's going to be cold and uh, sunny eventually today. Hey, if uh, you missed any part of uh, today's award-winning broadcast, and by award-winning, I'm fully expecting that we'll get the Best of the Valley Advocate Reader's Poll Award this year. Uh, Check out the daily podcast. It's going to get posted after the show. Brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford and Holyoke. But then also check out Baxi's musical podcast. This week, it's a repost of an interview I uh, did in in, uh, 2022 with Cheetah Chrome from the Dead Boys. Next week, though, really cool uh, interview with uh, Angela Moore from the band Fishbone. This is a guy, uh, Fishbone was like one of the greatest live bands I've ever seen. He's a guy that's uh, you know, done collaborations with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Gwen Stefani, Jane's Addiction, and uh, his brand new band, The Brand New Steps, got new music out. And uh, we have this whole conversation while he is walking through the Punk Rock Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. I could kick myself that I didn't have this on video because it's hilarious. And that'll be available on Monday on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Was it just a phone call? 
No, it was on Zoom. Oh. And uh, he had his phone, and he's walking through the halls. Of you the didn't record new punk- that? I, you know what? I, I typically don't do it on video, yeah. um, and I didn't expect that he was just going to get up and start walking around, <laughs> walking around the show where well, all his pictures are at. Hey, at least you got an interview out of it. My Art Alexakis uh, interview from Everclear <laughs> had just me asking questions and no responses from him for yeah. half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good interview. I've, I've hey. talked to Angelo before. He's he's something else, and uh Make sure you check that out on Monday starting at midnight. Did you notice that in the grocery stores, like maybe three weeks ago, they already had Valentine's stuff out? Oh, yeah. Like Dollar General and uh, Big Big Y and all these all these uh, retailers have. But that's not the fault of any one store. That's just the way of the world. That's like, the industry. Yeah, the industry as a whole tries to put these things out uh, you know, a lot sooner. And even though we just got through the holidays, it feels wrong to mention Valentine's Day, doesn't it? <laughs> Listen, I'm barely paying the bills for what I spent for Christmas. Never mind the bills I'm about to pay in February. Sweethearts. You know those things, right? Yeah. The little uh, conversation heart candies that message me like, be mine. This year, they're doing a special version for single people who are caught up in situationships. Right? (laughs) Oxford Dictionary defines situationship as any romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered to be formal or established. Oh, like a hua. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what, is one say uh, your lab results are in? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's you know, Are you waiting for the results? <laughs> not the mature, not the Maury paternity test. You're waiting <laughs> for the results. It's of like, not your baby. Uh, so more than a hookup, but not exclusive. It made Oxford's shortlist for word of the year in 2023. It lost out to Riz. Riz. What does see, that mean? Let me see what that is. Riz is uh, the word of the year. That's from last year. Uh, short for charisma as someone's ability to attract another person through style, charm, or attractiveness. Like uh, you've got a lot of Riz. Yes, with an R. And two Zs. Yeah, how about that? Uh, anyway, uh, it made Oxford shortlist. Uh, starting next week, sweethearts will sell boxes of situationship hearts that look just like their normal candy. The only difference is the words are blurry and hard to read, just like the just Gen like the Z real relationships ones. that are hard to read. Their press release used the term literal mixed messages. That's actually not a bad marketing campaign. It sounds like they might even be repurposing their misprinted hearts and just tossing them in a box. Let me ask you this. You've had the sweethearts, right? Sweethearts. It's the sweethearts. You've yeah. had the sweethearts. Uh-huh. Have you ever had a conversation that was started by whatever was written on that candy? No. Ever. Either as anybody in the world. No one has ever started a conversation based on what they read on a piece of candy. Yeah. Uh, their VP of marketing said, quote, their pr- the printing on Sweethearts isn't always perfect. This is our way of embracing those imperfections in a way that taps into pop culture. It sounds exactly like what they just suggested. We're taking all the rejects, much like the rejected relationships that you'll ever be in, <laughs> and we're putting them in a box. They come in a box, just like your relationship. That means yeah, two that things. That means two things. But... <laughs> they go on sale at sweetheartcandies.com at 9 a.m. Eastern this coming Monday. Wow. So make sure you get the you get your Valentine's Day sweet. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to get there or I'll, you know I'm going to get on my computer early just so I'm like one of the first people. I would hate to be denied. I uh I'm welcoming the fact that I don't have to uh buy anything for this holiday. It's almost kind of liberating to yeah. not have to worry about that. Mhm. Yeah, we um, 
I'm sure I'll buy something for my wife and I'm sure she'll buy something for me because, you know, we're still in love and everything like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I kind of envy those of you that won't have to drop a whole bucket load of cash on that day. No, I mean, I'll buy my kids like a box of chocolates or something like that. But that's about as far as I'm going with the Valentine's Day stuff. First of all, it's a it's an overrated holiday. It is kind of an overrated holiday. It's all about uh, money, and it makes all the people yeah. who... It's not always only about money. It's also about everyone inflating their prices for love. Yes. for lo- How much do you love me? Show me. Enough to spend 35% more than you normally would on the very same things a month earlier? I know. Isn't that, isn't that crazy how much the price of like chocolate goes up? Chocolate, flowers... Uh, dinners dinners you know, i mean yeah. anything anything well i mean you know in all uh the good that comes out of it is there's local businesses who run restaurant deals and things like that sure that get people into their businesses i'm not really complaining about that i'm complaining about all the little crap that you got to buy on the side the the chocolates the sweethearts all all the things that uh, you know jewelry i i i i mean Penicillin, Valtrex, all those things get jacked up on that holiday. I purposely didn't propose to my wife until three days after Valentine's Day so I wouldn't fall in that cliche of of being, <laughs> hey, you did it on Valentine's Day? Yeah. You know why I did it that way? Because that was when I got my tax return and I was able to purchase the very tiny ring that I was able to get. Well, listen, our, um, our wedding anniversary is two days after yeah. Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. And the reason why we uh, we did it was we got a great deal in the room. Yeah. And it just happened to be uh, like uh, my mother-in-law's birthday yeah, but, or, or, or and my grandmother's birthday but at the same al- time. And you're also married to a school teacher who has that time off yeah. that you can manipulate that. That makes sense. Yeah, we got a hell of a deal in that room. But, you know, the people that go out there and like, I'm doing Valentine's Day. I'm going I'm to do it on Valentine's Did you see the story of all these dopey little idiots that were getting married on uh, on uh, on one, what was it, 12? Oh, God. It was like one, the date was going to be one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. All these people getting married because that would, you know, that's not going to happen for another 1,000 years. And by that point, you'll be dead and forgotten. Well, isn't that how most relationships are i i believe so You'll yes be dead and forgotten soon if you don't yes. if you don't produce anything for valentine's day <laughs> yeah if you got married on on new year's eve yeah uh of, the, of, of 2023 the date would have been one two three one two three mm-hmm. and people were like going all crazy trying to find venues and you know, uh, you know you, djs and everybody else for that particular date yeah see i'd rather stupid i'd rather be booked for a comedy show on uh, on Valentine's Day than have to be obligated to buy... You know what? You buy something that benefits me. <laughs> buy a ticket to a comedy show. I'm going to try to book myself for a February 14th comedy show or whatever the Valentine's Day weekend is. Yeah. And, uh, and then you, uh, we'll all benefit from it. It's uh, 657 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Do big name dealers... And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, it was an exciting day yesterday in professional football. Yesterday, the NFL released their selections for this year's Pro Bowl in Orlando, Florida. And while I'm sure I'll be very busy that day on February 4th, I'm sure the fans... Uh, will be treated to an afternoon of non-stop competitive football action. 
because that's what some people expect during all those great Pro Bowl activities. So, which Patriots players were selected to this year's Pro Bowl? Well, let's take a look. According to my roster sheet, there are no Pro Bowl selections from New England this season. Not one. In fact, I might go so far as to say that while this is the first time in 23 years that something like this has happened to uh, New England, it's hard to imagine who might have even been remotely under consideration. And yet, after securing the worst record in the AFC, the Pro Bowl selection committee decided towards looking to other players located in other parts of the country. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers have nine players who've been selected to the Pro Bowl. In fact, there are eight teams in the NFL who have at least five players or more making it to the Pro Bowl, including Baltimore, Dallas, Miami, Philadelphia, Detroit, Cleveland, and Kansas City. And yet, not a single Patriots player was uh, played well enough this season to get even a cursory nod. Nobody. This sort of uh, perfectly justifiable snubbery has not happened in New England since the year 2000, which, of course, was Bill Belichick's first year as head coach. Now, you might ask, does it really matter? After all, the Pro Bowl kind of sucks. It's nothing more than a farcical sham masquerading as a professional football exhibition, when in fact it's really nothing more than a glorified all-expenses-paid Orlando vacation for a bunch of dudes who could probably afford it anyway. With that in mind, maybe it's not such a big deal or all that surprising that nobody got selected. Perhaps all that incompetence is finally paying off, since it it's going to take us all off the hook from feeling obligated to watch any of it, which is fine because I fully expected to have emergency surgery that day. But hey, in of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Where would you go for a snow thrower? I'll tell you where I'd go. I'd be going to Rocky's Ace Hardware. They got Aaron's, the king of snow, the ego battery-powered badass, plus craftsman. If you're looking to buy a good snow thrower, you got to go to Rocky's Ace Hardware, your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 710 in Ario Speedwagon on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be uh, sunny today, eventually, with a high of 38. There is some snow showers out there, but uh, nothing to worry too much about. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 32. It is 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Real, real quick, uh, I was talking last hour about finding the GoFundMe yeah, uh, for the 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 unfortunate tragedy that happened in Summers uh, the other night, uh, I do have a link that is uh, verifiable. I will put that up uh, for people to see uh, sometime within the next hour. Uh, we got uh, Scott Zolak coming up next hour. Uh, also, it's a Thunderbird Thursday, and a good possibility we may have an in studio guest. We're gonna be drinking Thunderbirds. No, we're not gonna be drinking at all. Did you see the story about uh, about beer sales? Well, that's where I was going with it. Uh, Plunging to its lowest levels in 24 years. Uh, beer sales in the U.S. are expected to plunge to their lowest level since 1999, when we were all partying. Partying like it was 1999. Exactly. Largely due, uh, I don't know how I feel about this, largely due to the Bud Light's massive fallout uh, with its disastrous uh, Dylan Mulvaney uh, situation. Yeah. Sales declined more than 5% in the first nine months of the year, dragged down not only by the backlash and the boycotts against Anheuser-Busch uh, and Bud Light, but the uh, the changing habits of young drinkers. That's according to a Beer Marketing Insights. I get that magazine every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bud Light sales have steadily declined each month by 20 to 30% uh, since the Mulvaney uh, situation. Uh, and uh, it's unseated. Bud Light is the number one selling beer in the U.S. after two decades of dominance. We heard all that. And we heard that the uh, the the biggest selling beer in the United States now is Modelo, which I didn't 
realize, but apparently uh, that's true. Yeah, that's a, that's a popular one. You know, <clears throat> we didn't really talk much about this at the time because it just didn't, uh, it didn't uh, really scratch us where we itched. But if you're going to change what you drink based upon the marketing of the company, mm-hmm. as opposed to, say, the flavor of the beer, uh, that makes you seem like a dope. Well, because, you know, to me, the uh, what I choose to drink is based primarily on what is most delicious to me. Yeah. Not I, about, you know, who is their pitch person of one, the month. One of the things I've talked about in my uh, my stand-up act. Yeah. By the way, you can get tickets for 20 bucks at the... <laughs> For the Elks Club show uh, coming up on uh, January twentieth. Oh, look good. One of the things I talk about is uh, is this whole thing, and I say, well, why did it take so long for? Why did it take some like uh, uh, redneck wannabe? You know, <laughs> Ken Rock is it, dude. He was drinking Bud Light two months after the after the fact that he did all that. Right. It, the whole thing is just is stupid. Why did it take him to tell everybody that Bud Light really wasn't that great of a beer to begin with? Like, I think most people could figure it out on their I own. I think they could too. And then uh, you know, and then people forget about it, and then people are still drinking it anyway. The whole thing, you know. Well, you and I were talking. Die on a hill, die on it. Don't say, "Oh, I'm only going to do this for a little bit of while, and then I'll buy something else." Well, you I mean you and I were talking about it off the air, and I think it's absolutely true. I don't think the decline in beer sales has very much to do with the Bud Light fiasco to begin with. It didn't help. I mean that, but that was particular beer sales for one company. You're telling me that all these beer drinkers decided just not to drink any beer at all. I think there, I think there's so much involved in this. It's not just a bad marketing campaign that, yeah, that destroyed the that destroyed sales for one company. Because, okay, fine, that's your convi- I don't want to. I don't want to support a company who supports this. Right. That's your right to do that. But also think about, you know, what other people are drinking now, too. I mean, they're not necessarily only drinking beer made by, you know, the big beer brewers yeah. anymore. There's there's all kinds of craft brewers, local brewers, yeah. you know, who are uh, seeing, you know, you know good sales. Uh, you, you know, spiked seltzers uh, have blown up in sales. And then you also have people, you know, wanting to get off the carb uh, you know, bandwagon and and drink vodka and soda instead. Right, which right. is one of the reasons why vodka is so you know popular these days. Plus, now you have the availability of uh, like uh, marijuana. Like, there's other substances out there that are now legal that people have given up on drinking uh, and and switched over to yeah. this, this 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 kind of thing. Coca Cola did this years ago. When they realized, you know, sugary drinks were popular for so long, yeah. and then all of a sudden they had to change everything back in the seventies and eighties with the diet, the introduction of diet sodas, right, aspartame and things like that, and then now it's it's seltzers like you like you just said like how look how much polar has exploded over the last ten to fifteen years, well, like, 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 but like high noons and uh, white claws. I mean, uh, it's a very masculine group of people who are drinking that kind of thing. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking Mr. Of, Marty Caproni, uh, speaking of uh, masculine. Did you guys talk about masculine seltzers? Because I'm your guy. Yes. Do you drink masculine seltzers? I, you know, because uh, of my uh, gout issues, 
I'm not going to lie. I've been known to have a couple of two tree high noons. But 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 the point being is, you know, this article is like, oh well, you know, uh, because of the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing, uh, people aren't drinking beer anymore. I don't think that's really the ki- the really the cause of why people aren't drinking beer per se. No, they have other options. Yes, the, it was already going that way anyways because of micro brews. You know what I mean? Like all all commercial breweries and stuff were already losing ground record record pace that's that's why you know uh you know you know coors molson miller right. and you know, anheuser bush was buying up all of these regional craft brewers right for a while they were buying up brands left and right because they realized they're having a hard time competing against all these other brands right i was at uh the drunken rabbit yeah uh, dave up in south Happy, good dude there. and they have their own seltzer they and it's correct it's, it's not even it's not even alcoholic it's just seltzer yep. water like they they make their own seltzer water that's what i'm getting at it's not maybe beer sales might be down as a whole but i don't think it's from this one incident i think from that one company anheuser-busch that it did hurt them big time but i don't think collectively it is it, listen that, yes the the bud light thing with the dylan mulvaney thing that thing is uh that thing is immeasurable by how much uh it has hurt uh, Anheuser Busch and InBev, but which I don't is the think parent company. But I don't think people are drinking less beer because of because that. of that. I yeah. agree with you. I think people are drinking less beer because. Well, look at me for example. I always liked beer, but now I I can't really drink beer. And frankly, when you drink beer, if you get all bloated and have all the stuff after, whether it's gluten mm-hmm. intolerance or gout or this or that, you don't feel great. After you get drunk drinking beers, right, right. those seltzers you're getting hydrated while you're drinking the seltzer. Oh, you could run a marathon, right? Or something and, like that. And I do a lot of those shows in those craft breweries. Drunken Rabbit does have alcoholic seltzers. They have two. The last time I was there, uh, a lot of the um, breweries that I go to now have the seltzers um, because that's where the market's going. Or they got cider. Which right. is the other thing, which, you know, that's uh, that's fruit. That grows in dirt. That's good for you. Right. Well, I got a better one that we have to talk about after after this. Uh, I want to talk about Star Wars. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll oh, get good. to that. Oh, it's going right. to be a fun one. All right. Yeah, Fair it's gonna enough. Be, it's going to be a fun one. I, mean, I, just, I just think, you know, listen, uh, yeah, the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing, you're right. It hurts one company. Right. But who owns Modelo? Is that... I think that might be InBev, the same, the same. Co- it's exactly all my point. Like two companies. It's you exactly know? my point. Right. So you know, all right. So Bud Light takes a takes a crash. Right. But Modelo becomes the biggest selling beer in America. Right. Owned by the same exact company, and you're telling me yeah. that they're hurting. No, they're actually owned by Constellation Brands, which oh, okay. is a different company. Well, then I take back everything I just <laughs> yeah, said. There you go. But all of a sudden, we're talking like Modelo, like it's myrrh. Right. But people, people, here's the thing, too, with the Dylan Mulvaney thing. You know, I talked to the beer rep when he would come into View Street, you know, because they come in yeah. to do their ordering during the day if I'm there working on the room or whatever. And I said to him, I said, how are things going? He goes, it's, it's brutal for us. He said, it's really brutal for us because all these people, that's how they make their living. All these guys that work for, for you know, the, the quality beverage and stuff like that. These guys are, they're good, hardworking people that are just trying to make a living then this thing ha- was that a misstep? I mean, I I would argue that it's a misstep that that they did. But also the thing that no one realized was Bud Light never gave that person a formal endorsement. 
it was just the brainchild of the marketing girl. She made a couple of cans and sent them to that person. And then that person, because they're attention starved and they're trying to get clicks and attention yeah. online, was like, oh my God, thank you to Bud Life for sponsoring me yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And that is where it all went down. That's where Kid Rock lost it and uh, yeah. pretended to be like he was on the side of the American people when he was really <laughs> yeah. just a redneck with a yeah. bunch of guns shooting up cases of Bud Light. I don't <laughs> know why anyone's given Kid Rock that much credibility to begin with. <laughs> well, but 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 that was what I was getting at. You know, you know, fine. You want to die on a hill? Like I'm not drinking this beer anymore because it's in, you know they they did right. this marketing thing. You don't but abandon you, beer altogether. No, but then two months later when you're seen at a sporting event, the very guy who boycotted it drinking a Bud Light, you're a phony. You're a fake. Right. You're not, you, you go through with it. I right. will support anybody who has, whether I agree with you or not, but if you want to go all the way with it, then go all the way with right, it. Don't, don't just do it and then go, oh, yeah, I'm going to drink this one too. Well, yeah. I'll tell you the other thing. Do you realize that Kid Rock's name isn't either Kid nor is it Rock? No, and matter you of fact, you can't trust anything coming where, out of that guy's mouth. Where where Kid Rock is really messing up if his team was really on board, is they would sit him down and they're like, Bob, this is his name is Bob. They'd be like, Bob, this is what you need to do. Uh, Bud Light has offered us a billion dollars for you to accept a sponsorship as the ambassador for the brand of Bud Light. And then be like, I'm back in, baby. You know what I mean? Like they found we won. You know, you position it this way. We won. I'm now the brand ambassador. You you put a billion dollars in your pocket, and then this whole thing goes away. But it's true. No, yeah, no. no one at Bud Light has thought of that. I guess I don't know. I, I know and, Steve and I could be bought. Yeah, yeah we could be bought for anything for a billion dollars. I don't even need a billion dollars. Yeah, who says we aren't bought every day? <laughs> I'd identify as Dylan Mulvaney for a billion dollars. Sure I'd you sit would. In a, I'd sit in a bathtub of Bud Light making uh, TikTok videos. Listen, if you want to smash a bunch of cases of Bud Light, the best place to pick up the tools for that is your Rocky's Ace Hardware. Yeah, good people. <laughs> Rock Salad serves at every Rocky's That's Ace right. Hardware. Yeah. Who do you got to say hi to in the paint department? Oh, say hi to anybody in the paint department. <laughs> you know, there's a paint specialist in every Rocky's location. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's 721 at Rock 102. Live in concert, Saturday nights at 9 on Rock 102. Complete. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 728. And the who? We're in it this morning, baby. That's it. With uh, Bax and Nagel. And look, uh, Marty Caproni is back for yeah. a second day in a row. Listen, listen, Dan Brown will give you the forecast, but there is a crap storm brewing in this studio right now. I'll tell you that. This guy just calls up and he starts like bang, well, berating you. Berating Steve. me. Yeah, yes. For, for promoting. Uh, stuff. What did he say? Something promoting there was a against lot stuff. To gotta... Follow. He said he would give up coffee, coffee cake, cake and cheesecake. Yeah, and he said, yeah, I, well, yeah, he, he was very passionate. He was I, pa yeah, which I get. But I got to tell you, you know, uh, the moment he mentioned coffee cake and cheesecake is the moment I stopped listening to anything yeah, else he said because that's what I was I focused like, on. Where can we get coffee and cheesecake? And, and the other thing was, I didn't even take a stance on that. All I said was, listen. If you're gonna follow through, like, like on a for Kid Rock, yeah. if you're if you're the guy that's gonna that's gonna initiate that, hey, more power to you. Right. You know what I mean? And and listen, you had enough people behind you to say, you know what, I don't like that either, and I'm not gonna buy well, this beer. Fine, but don't be caught two months later drinking, drinking a Bud, Bud Light, Light yourself, the very thing that you told everybody not to buy. And I think I that said, makes you a hypocrite. And all I said was if you were smart and you were sitting in the Budweiser offices, you would have paid 
Kid Rock a billion dollars to become your sponsor so that you could basically stuff the genie back in the bottle. I don't think any of us were saying, like, we thought the Dylan Mulvaney thing was a good move or that people don't have right, the right not right. to and, drink it. And all I said is, what kind of cheesecake are you talking yeah, about? What, yeah. you know, is coffee there, cake. The co- well, coffee right. cake yeah. and a cheesecake. I'll take either one. I'll even take some Danish, yeah. to be quite honest with but you. I, what was that? He said transgestites. What is that? That's uh, a transgest. Is that when you have a problem with your colon? That's where you, I don't it, know. I don't know. That's where you're not gluten tolerant, but you identify as gluten tolerant. <laughs> we have news coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> On Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Cloudy. Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Max. Some tragic news out of Summers today. Four children have died in a house fire uh, from Tuesday night. The fire in a home on Quality Avenue started around 10.30 p.m., uh, which was near the Enfield town line. The captain of the Summers Fire Department said 11 people were inside the two-family home when the fire started. According to First Selectman Tim Keeney, four children from the same family died as a result of the fire. Their ages were 5, 6, 8, and 12. An older sibling who jumped out of the second floor window was home with the children at the time of the fire. Uh, There was a news conference yesterday afternoon where a spokesman for the Connecticut State Police explained what comes next in the investigation. Uh, Trooper uh, First Class Pedro Muniz said the damage to the house was very significant, so for investigators to sift through that rubble, to sift through all the damage to find the uh, exact origin of the cause of the fire is going to take some time. Uh, Absolutely heartbreaking. Our prayers go out to the victims, to their loved ones, to the fire personnel, and to everyone in Summers. This is such a tragedy, and as a state, we grieve collectively. Uh, As I said earlier, I have a link for the GoFundMe account for that. Um, so I will post that. That is a a, a verifiable uh, link. So good. Uh, you got to worry about people taking advantage of situations. Yeah, because there's always this, uh, some scumbag out there that tries to put put up a fake uh, fundraiser. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. And, uh, uh, scammers do this all the time. Unfortunately, right. we don't want anyone to be scammed because of this horrible tragedy. Uh, For one Springfield family, the new year started with a devastating crash that they said has been years in the making. I just don't know how I made it out alive by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that I am here. I truly believe that I have purpose and I need to fulfill that before he's going to take me, said Patricia Fumo of Springfield. Uh, Monday morning, New Year's Day, uh, Fumo wasn't woken up by an alarm clock. Just boom, crash, really loud, and I instantly woke up, and I didn't know what was happening. When I looked straight ahead, I was looking at the street, Page Boulevard, and I said, oh, my God, the house is gone. She was rattled awake when a car crashed into the side of her home. Debris fell into her bed, and her husband came to save her. Uh, She said, I'm running down the hallway to look, and all I could see was daylight. My wife was screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God. I uh, got into the bedroom. The glass from the window was on her head. Part of the ceiling was on her head. I removed all of that stuff and grabbed her out of the bedroom because the car was still in drive trying to plow through the house. Oh, my God. Uh, Springfield police told Western Mass News that the driver had fallen asleep at the wheel while driving down Page Boulevard. The Fumos uh, said, said that the speeding is a problem on that street, and their home and fence has been subject to many crashes, but this is the by far the most serious. I always wonder about people who live on, like, corners that don't have, like, rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um... But sometimes those can be launchers. Well, I I told you there was a there was a house in in Rehoboth where I grew up. Yeah. That was like on an intersection between Route 44 and and Route 118. <laughs> it was this house that had like maybe five feet of footage between the front door and the road. Oh boy. And 
for years, nobody drove into it. I don't know how nobody ever hit the house. The house gets sold to new owners, and the new owner says, well, i got to protect my house. So he puts these gigantic boulders in front of the house. Well, wouldn't you know, within like 30 days, guess what happens? A car goes right through the boulders. Doesn't hit the house. But that's the first time the house has been involved in an accident. What I want to know is, did the insurance company uh, assess the house as being at fault in a situation like that? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I would think that would be uh, cause serious problems for your your premiums. Uh, why would here's the thing? If you're gonna put boulders in front of your house, you and this goes to back to us. They got to be high enough to stop the momentum of a car. If they're not, the car's just gonna launch in the air and take out your second floor or land in your roof. Yeah, like chip style. Yeah, <laughs> like a- the A team. A team. A team. Yeah, right. Or Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Or Waylon Jennings. Oh, boy. There go the Dukes again, right through someone's house. <laughs> Freezes midair, and that's when they knew there was a problem with these boulders. Uh, those, uh, But you ever see those, like, white pillars? They usually have them, like, outside of cemeteries, like on a corner street. Yeah. It's for people so they don't crash into the cemetery just as hard. But if you're going fast enough, those yeah. things can just be tipped, and it basically becomes a launch pad for the car. That's, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, jumps right over into wherever it's going. Because a lot of people have SUVs now, too, which are taller. The tires are taller, everything else. So what what maybe would have stopped a Buick Regal in 1980 is going to just be a speed bump for, like, an Escalade going 70. Or a Tesla. Or te- <laughs> yeah. nothing, nothing can stop a Buick Regal other than time. <laughs> they were great cars. Uh, hey, let's take a trip out to the far edge of Western Mass to Lanesboro. Oh, I know Lanesboro. Yeah. Police responded to reports of an armed robbery Wednesday morning in Lanesboro. The incident occurred on Route 7 near the Lanesboro-New Ashford town line around 6 a.m. That's up there. The victim was reportedly traveling southbound when they stopped to check on a vehicle on the right side of the shoulder by the roadway. Two men got out as the victim approached the car, and one of them pressed a gun to the victim's head. The suspects then robbed the victim, returned to their car, and drove away. The suspect vehicle was described as dark-colored, older older model pickup with some rust, a ladder rack, and a Vermont license plate. Uh, Lanesboro police are now asking anyone with information or footage of the incident to contact them. This goes, uh, that's like, you know what, that's that combination of uh, old world charm of the Berkshires where you just, I'm trying to help out my neighbor with real new world reality which is this is how we're going to rob these idiots when they when they stop to help us yeah yeah well yeah, yeah. let's I mean, take advantage of these. Yeah. you'd never get that kind of good samaritanism in, in like you know <laughs> the pioneer valley you'll never no. you'll never get that down here no you see someone broken down on 391 you're not like let me just swing back and see if they're okay and they need a phone yeah yeah but in springfield you lay in the horn get out of the road jackass yeah, yeah. i hope triple a works out for you <laughs> this is what yeah this is why you don't help anybody no right. yeah no there, there's enough resources around for people to get help nowadays. Uh, yeah, uh, if you have a smartphone in your car, you know what I mean. But like, but I mean, even somebody driving by, you're most likely going to get somebody to call, sure, like services for you in order to help. Like I don't think I would, uh, I would get out and help anybody. People just mark it on their ways. Oh, by the way, be careful. Yeah, there's a car, there's yeah. a car. There's a car over here, and then it shows up. Uh, on your on your everybody else's way. Well, you're having a heart attack on and the did, yeah. and, it, and then there's like ten thumbs up on that one yeah, incident. Yeah. Like, yeah, I saw it too. Yeah, but no, yeah, is it still there? Yes, it is. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna help. I do the thumbs up even if I if the car is still there or not, just because I I don't wait until I get to where it says. 
because that thing takes up the screen, and then I can't see my screen. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, are you guys uh, trained meteorologists? No, not un- not trained. Why do you think we need five maps and predictions for snow for the weekend? Because no one is sure which one is correct. Forecasters agree that there's a storm coming to Massachusetts this week, and uncertainty still lies in how much snow will stick or whether there will be snow at all. It could be one of those rainstorm things that we get. Oh, let's how many how many inches of snow? That's that's how. I, well, that's the it, five me. or less means that. There's probably not going to be snow, but they're trying to do whatever they can to get ratings or clicks or it whatever. It says at least three inches of snow in parts of central and western Mass is more than likely, with a 50% chance of more than six inches in some parts. That's uh, according to National Weather Service forecaster Bryce Williams. Now, do they have they included the weather information from, say, like uh, yeah, Brian Lapis or... Uh, you know, Dan Brown. Nobody's looking at the 22 News Doppler radar when they're making their predictions for snow. I'm just saying, you know, would you would you deny accuracy from a Brian Lapis? Uh, you know, Brian's a pretty well-known figure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think he's accurate at all. <laughs> Weather models across the region are building out their forecast for the storm. Still days away. Uh, the maps that are showing what they predict. According to AccuWeather, parts of Massachusetts could receive a 6 to 12 inches of snow, and nearly the whole state is expected to get at least 3 inches. Regions of the heaviest snowfall include the southwestern corner as well as the south-central region of the state. A small band of the state near the coast, including Cape Cod, is forecast to receive 1 to 3 inches. Uh, AccuWeather further predicts that a mix of rain and snow will fall in Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, oh, whatever. It's get, get all this other stuff up and down the East Coast. I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. I mean, most importantly, is it, it's not going to snow tonight, right? No. That's all I care about. That's right. <laughs> you is guys it, know. Yeah, as long well, as, I got weekend plans. Why? I, and I don't, I don't want to be uh, shoveling my way out. What yeah. is the significance of Thursday? Oh, uh, I don't know if you know this, Steve. But uh, we have a comedy dinner show what? this evening. Yeah. Where? $20 at Loft Comedy. What? Club. I've never heard of this. And seeing that, we know there's going to be no snow now. I invite everybody to please come out before this terrible snowstorm this weekend that's going to come down. There's going to be whiteouts and blizzard conditions. Please just yeah. come out tonight and, and enjoy it, your weekend while you can. In anticipation of the storm, get plowed tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Perfect. It's all sponsored by Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> For that guy, uh, we're gonna actually. I might go to the store and see if I get some coffee cake. And coffee cake, cake. And, a, and a six pack of Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. that guy on the. I get uh, why that guy. Again. Listen, this is the thing. If that guy's still listening, I wish. I wish that we had recorded that. Yeah, yeah that, no, was, that I thought. I thought it was a voicemail because he didn't let you talk. He didn't even breathe. So I, I was don't like, even oh, know how he got crazy, all the words this out. This is a, this is a really upset yeah. voicemail. Yeah, but. The guy, I get what the guy was doing. The guy's upset. He's like a lot of people right now that gets upset because they feel like there's like a agenda being pushed down their throat and everything. Yeah. But nothing, nothing that you guys were saying when I walked in here had anything to do with what he was saying. It was like he was well, mad. I wasn't taking. You were a actually stance. agreeing. But if he thought about it, your side was very much agreeing. With, like you have the right to boycott anything. Listen. I'm going to give you a little story here of the uh, Hilltown folklore, okay? (laughs) So years ago, uh, when I lived at my old house, which was only like a mile away from where I lived, we had some neighbors around, and one of the neighbors had a horse. Meister was the horse, right? (laughs) Okay. And every once in a while, you know, the owner would let you interact with the horse if you asked permission. What uh, type of interaction? 
You could feed it if you oh, wanted okay, to. Good. You could feed it sure. like <laughs> nothing illegal. No, no, but I just want to immoral. Sure. No. I just wanted to make sure because no. it is Huntington. I had to ask back. I'm, I'm bringing the kids with me when I'm doing it. <laughs> but the kids, when they were little, they were like three and yeah. four. You'd bring them over, and they love they love the horse. And the horse yeah. would say thank you with his little head when you gave him the carrot. Yeah, the yeah. owner would be like, "Here, go ahead and you know feed the horse. He he really likes it, right?" After and we were, I we lived next to one of these fifty-five and older, like H O, uh, what do they call it, HUD housing kind of thing. Uh, so it was like homeowners association. No, it was like HUD HUD housing, like uh, housing like, and urban development, like okay. like sliding scale fees of, of apartments. Okay, so like some people like paid some people paid seven hundred bucks, some people paid twelve hundred, whatever the deal. Yeah, it was like based on your sub, it's it's subsidized, subsidized housing for elderly mm-hmm. people. And one of the ladies that lived in that community, in that, uh, you know, 27 apartment complex, complained that the horse was causing a stink and it's disgusting and all of these, you know, things to go along with why the horse shouldn't be there. Now, when you drive into Huntington, the first sign you see, it says, welcome to Huntington, it's a right to farm community. You know, and we live out in, in a the rural right area. To, you guys have the right to bear farms? The bear, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you on fire today with the lines. I got a full night's sleep. So, so all of this, you know, culminated by this one lady basically getting a bunch of signatures from all the other people who yeah. are 55 and older in the community saying, let's boycott this horse and let's get rid of this horse because nobody wants this horse. So then what they did in the town was they have to send out notices to the abutting properties. It's one of those yeah, situations yeah. and whether or not that you support the horse or not. And, of course, my wife and I couldn't make it to the meeting. They were always on a night that we could never make the meetings. But what we did do was have our kids draw pictures of the horse and sent them in to the board of selectmen going, hey, look, there's nothing wrong with this horse. Right. So what? It's horse manure. There's a lot worse smelling things that could be going around in Huntington any given day of the week. Manure is a beautiful word. Manure. It's actually a beautiful word. It's like two words. Manure. Right. Uh, uh, Manure. uh, So I think I know where you're going with this. So So basically, uh, (laughs) they hold this big meeting in town. Yeah. And a ton of people show up, all in favor of keeping the horse. You know who didn't show up? The lady that started the petition. <laughs> and and the thing that bothered me the most about that was I I endorse I'm a huge constitution guy. I yeah. I, I believe in free speech. I believe in the right to bear arms. I don't believe you should be illegally searched. But but as far as the free speech goes, you that lady had every right in her own way sure. to complain about that. But if you don't show up and go all the way with it, what was the point of doing that to begin with? And that was your greater point that yeah. you were That's making about. That's exactly the point <clears throat> I was making with this beer thing. Whether I agree with you or not, I support your right to follow through with things. But it, it, and and the point I was making about Kid Rock, he's a hypocrite. He is a one hundred percent hypocrite. For a guy to go out and say I don't believe in this because I feel this woke agenda is being pushed on me, I get that argument. I, I totally understand I, it. I feel that the majority of Americans get that argument and and feel that in some regards. But the idea that you go through with this and then you're seen at a sporting event <laughs> less than two months later pounding Bud Lights, 
it makes you it makes you incredible. It discredits what you were trying to do to begin with. The point is, follow through with what you're doing. <laughs> I will support you to the end, even if I don't agree with you. Yeah. Well, but this guy who called was like, I don't know, like he thought that we were pushing some sort of I think like he, agenda on children, which yeah, we didn't no. even maybe talk was, about. Maybe he was upset with me because I was explaining that. You know, I felt bad for the people who worked for like quality beverage and stuff. All the the men and women that worked for that. Yeah, but maybe that he, he was. I can't figure out. But well, I think we also have to consider the possibility that you know this is one of those uh, <laughs> this is one of those passion points right that, that he has, and it's not so much what we said, but the fact that things were said at all, and he may not, and I don't believe he did listen carefully to enough to what we said the and just topic just sets people off ex- exactly yeah, and yeah. that i mean that happens and it, i you know it happens, it happens to all of us yes so i maybe because because what he was saying really had no bearing on anything that came out of the our mouths at the time i just got real confused he started talking about not eating coffee cake and cheesecake because i was like yeah where did that come from i, I don't know understand. unless you never give thing, that up maybe there's a thing now Maybe that's what the still in Mulvaney has realized is like that's the way to get clicks. So maybe now is like every other day is in that bathtub holding like this is a Junior's cheesecake. Yeah, <laughs> all these Boston all these companies are like that's a great business idea. By the way, I mean I would feel like I would I feel like a like Charlton Heston. They'd have to <laughs> peel these entomans from my cold <laughs> dead hands. So that's a great business plan. <laughs> entomans is that a castle in England? No, it's a display case at the end of the aisle. <laughs> the the the, uh, the, we'll, the we'll, we'll come back to this because we get we gotta uh, get some commercial time in here. Uh, uh, <laughs> if there's anybody still listening, uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be sunny with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 31. It's 31 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Do big name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford in Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lug Nuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Hey, this is Matt with Hamden Homebuyers, and we buy properties cash in any condition in any price range in Western Mass. For over a decade, homeowners have trusted selling to our BBB accredited team. Call today and get a cash offer on your home at 413-331-7100. You can trust that Hamden Homebuyers is here to make selling easy. Call now, 413-331-7100. That's 413-331-7100. At the Rubble Seat in Chicopee, every week, half-price pizza on Tuesdays, half-price wings on Wednesdays, half-price apps on Thursdays. Friday at 8, Derek Clay Acoustic. Don't forget to sign up for their new rewards program, the Rumble Seat, Springfield Street in Chicopee. It's 751 <laughs> with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Oh, the things I wish we could talk about off the air. Yeah. Eh, yeah, we're probably over the best. It's all right. Uh, all right. Anywho. Uh, Scott Zolak will be joining us uh, in just a little while. That'll be a lot of fun. Plus, we also it's a Thunderbird Thursday. We'll get oh, to well, that, too. Of course. Of course. I, I can't wait to talk to Scott Zolak. This is going to be fun. What are we going to talk about? 
<laughs> crappy Patriot season. Oh, just yeah. I'll tell you up. what we're not going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is hell bent on us. So yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. To, I'm to not doing it. Yeah. Listen, we're not. We're not. Pu- listen, we're not pushing anyone's agenda here. We're really not. We're, we're dissecting the argument, and that, it's okay to do that. Yeah. There's no. There's nothing. You know. I'm. I'm really sick of that. You know. The, 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 when you talk about cancel culture. Yeah. Well, I'm just never going to listen to you ever again. Why? Because you can't open yourself up to other ideas that's no, the whole but idea the weird of free part. speech is to be exchange of ideas uh, but that's fine but the thing that i find most frustrating is when you're not on a you're not we're not opposed to what you're saying buddy like at least i don't feel like i'm opposed i don't think you are or Bax is. We, we get what you're saying i think we think there's a lot of credibility to it it's just for whatever reason you feel like we are. Yeah, and, I don't know and why. You're mad at us I, I, again. I think this is one of those situations where because it is being discussed, yeah, that's enough. That's, I don't even. That's I don't need to even. I need to listen to your arguments. As far as I'm concerned, you're promoting an agenda, which is false because right. we're not I promoting hear, anything. I, we're not promoting anything. No, we're we're simply reporting on the fact that beer sales were down. In 2023, for the first time in 11, in, right. in, you know, 25 years. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's all we got going on. That's this covered that's a news it. story. Look, I uh, most of the time we don't talk about this stuff, but it's kind of. I mean, it is kind of a forefront argument, especially when an argue, when when, a, when an article comes out talking about low beer sales. Right. And my point was <clears throat> for that beer sales story. Yes, it did do. I mean, it, it proved that you can, in fact, <laughs> bring a company to its knees. Yeah, when when you have enough, you know, steam behind that to stop doing it. Which but, I think is, which I think is, like you said, the American way, and, baby. And really, the argument wasn't about Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney. It was about beer sales being down all around, and I said you uh, can't listen, just blame it on that. Where the cheesecake come in? That's what I want to know. Dudes, this this is the the bottom line. <laughs> this is really what it all boils down to, and uh, I will die on this hill for the rest of my life. All I really want to do is tell fart joke, fart jokes. That's, that's all it. I want to do. That's all I want to do. I don't yeah, want to get involved in too much uh, <laughs> too much uh, you know, confrontation. I just walked into it. I walked in a, a harmless article, and we were talking about seltzer and uh, versus beer. Yeah. And, uh, so it's your fault. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I can live I like with that. seltzer. I like seltzer. I'm sorry. I like seltzer and not beer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. I can't believe you would support that kind of behavior. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you're, 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 you're a despicable human being. I can't believe like, you. You're not getting any of my coffee cake. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like a White Claw once in a while. I'm sorry. I'm from Chicopee. It's who I am. Yeah, take your agenda out somewhere <laughs> else, mister. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but listen. Hey, guys. You're more than welcome to come by tonight. You know what? That guy. $20, you get dinner if, and a show. Listen, if that guy calls up, I'll buy his ticket for the comedy show just to have him come out and see what a great time it is and realize that we're all part of the same group of people. If and he heard yeah. and you'll buy a round yeah. of Bud Lights for the guy. Absolutely. I'll buy the guy Modelo's and coffee cake. If he comes out, yeah, I'll go get a, I'll go get a nice one from the coffee cup yeah. bakery. Because yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like he would probably enjoy the stuff that you or I say on stage a lot. I think he would too. But, a lot. I, but he's very passionate about uh, some 
made up thing about indoctrinating <laughs> children that we were trying to do. I, I, I don't know. No idea. You know, it's just so like the other day I was on my buddy Epstein's jet. We were, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I saw You're Marty? I didn't know that. There was no last names I, I was just getting right. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to take some pictures. <laughs> it's 7.55 with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, on Sunday, the New England Patriots will quietly and mercifully end their regular season schedule with a mathematically irrelevant divisional matchup against the New York Jets. Remember them? Remember how they were certain Super Bowl contenders for a full minute and a half? Well, that didn't exactly work as expected, but then again, neither the Patriots' 2023 season either, where if my notes are correct. I predicted they would end the season with a record of nine wins and eight losses. As it turns out, my prediction was almost as misguided as the belief that Aaron Rodgers was going to take the New York Jets to their first Super Bowl since I was two. So the big question now is, what happens now? Win or lose, many are asking what the Patriots will do next. Will they keep Bill Belichick as their head coach? Or are they going to have him uh, hand in his keys? Will the Patriots select a quarterback in the draft or a wide receiver or an offensive lineman? Or will they choose another in a long line of overrated talent that fails to live up to anyone's expectations? You know, like the last eight first-round draft picks. Or will the Patriots get their act together and start acting like the best organization in football? You know, the way they used to be. When asked uh, what he expected to happen once the season is over, Bill Belichick's answer was simply, we're focused on the Jets, which is the same answer he's given for the last 23 years. So here's my question. Why are you focused on the New York Jets? Is there any advantage to actually beating him? Probably a greater advantage to letting him win. Nobody really cares what the outcome is going to be unless you got money on it. And frankly, I wouldn't even bother. Listen, I can understand the idea of Bill Belichick wanting to wear his best poker face heading into an upcoming football game, but that's only when the game matters, not when it might just be your last day at work. You're looking at a game between two teams with no mathematical possibilities of being seated in the playoffs whatsoever, and that's all you want to focus on? What the hell's wrong with you? Because if I were in your position, I'd be thinking about just about everything else. But hey, and if I'm I Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, where are you going to go for a snow throw or anything you need for uh, removing snow? I suggest strongly going to Rocky's. Aaron's the king of snow. Ego, the battery-powered behemoth. Plus, Craftsman, get out of here. Rocky's Ace Hardware is your Winter Storm headquarters before and after the storm. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.08 and Blue Oyster Cult with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, eventually sunny with a high of 39 tomorrow, a high of 31. It is 31 right now in downtown Springville. It's like a little icy out there. Hey, uh... Even Scott Zolak doesn't want to talk about the Patriots today. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about that. We we're, have... Wait, we're on the commercial break. We're just going to leave it alone. <laughs> Bax comes back and immediately goes right to it. <laughs> we we haven't talked about uh, the Patriots with Scott Zolak in almost a month, so I think that maybe he just forgot that there was even a season going on. He's probably thinking... Oh, God, it's the last week. I'd uh, I, I, I be happy to talk to Bax and Nagel and Marty about nothing. 
But if I got to go and talk about football, all right, forget are, about it. Are you two kids going to talk about the game? Because I'll just sit back and go on the internet. Like <laughs> I mean, we look, I just wanted to talk to him because I was, I'm curious where his mindset is on whether or not Belichick's coming back or not. I feel like if you're Bob Kraft, Belichick has to come back, right? I think uh, the only solution here that makes any sense is you hire a general manager. That's it. And you keep Bill Belichick to say, I'm yeah. going to fire Bill Belichick and replace him with what exactly? Right. You know, Gerard Mayo, you know, people, the, the, the rumors are nobody likes the guy. Well, even if everyone loves the guy, he is a student of Bill Belichick. So you're literally just going to get Belichick light when you have the greatest coach of all time. Mm -hmm. Right. You can very easily, I think everyone agrees, make the argument Bill Belichick should not be a general manager anymore. Any, right? I totally he, agree with but, that. So he put himself in the boat, but as a coach, he took probably the least talented team. And he, listen, there was a lot of close games that came down to field goals or came down to touchdown, like one touchdown, one score games. The team is he, – he did a bang-up job, I think, coaching a pretty – there's plenty of people who will tell you that the only reason he won all those Super Bowls was because of Tom Brady. Well, let me just go back a little bit. Um, Vince Lombardi never won another Super Bowl after he left the Green Bay Packers. Good point. Uh, you know, anytime you've seen other coaches leave and go somewhere else, right. they don't always follow with the same kind of success. Bill uh, Parcells, did he ever win another uh, Super Bowl after yeah, right. uh, after uh, the, the Giants? No. And it, it's like, listen... It's always a perfect storm if you've got a guy who can win a couple of championships. Uh, and you know, that's all very well and good. But he's Bill Belichick, and he's got a resume like no other. Right. And to me, you at least give him the respect that he has earned in this and allow him at least one more year with a general manager. Well, he's got the contract. It's already in place. You put a general... Do what you can to make him get to his goal, and that's if you're the owner. You got to be. What's your goal for next year? All right, how do we get you to that goal? Blah blah blah. But the other, the other thing about the the Tom Brady argument is, without Bill Belichick, Tom Brady's probably out of the league in two years and selling insurance. That's the reality. Bill Bill drafted him what 289th or whatever, mm -hmm. sixth round or something like that. He he actually kept him on the roster when they, they didn't really have the space to, but he saw something in Tom. He identified talent. He coached the talent up, and he put the talent in positions to win. And then Tom Brady became who he became because of Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick, in, in reverse, became who he became because of Tom Brady. And there you have it. And now we resume and go back to fart jokes. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Steve. Can we go back? Well, I was going to talk about Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, oh, that's good, really. Okay. Well, you know, we talked about this, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. Where You know, championship teams are, okay, fine. You had Tom Brady, who was one of the is the greatest quarterback of all time. Correct. And... When you have a guy like that on a team and you win all those Super Bowls, it's about camaraderie. It's about the it's about the team itself being uplifted. And I've said this about like uh, championship, like baseball teams. You know, the Yankees back in the '90s had that dynasty where they were winning championships yeah. year after year. It wasn't because of how much money they spent on payroll. Some of it had to do with that. Yeah. But a lot but when you have a bunch of egos clashed when you have a three hundred million dollar guy here and a hundred million dollar guy here, all of that stuff, that doesn't mean anything. You just have really good players 
but you have to work together as a team. And I think Brady brought a lot of that yes. to the team. Boston Red Sox, 2004. It's a, good, it's a good example. They yes. won because they, you know, they gelled as a team. Derek and the, and, Lowe, all those guys, they were all they were all leaders in the clubhouse. That's I, yeah. I do agree with you, Brady. One of the things that the two things that that he's under under uh, valued for, I think, if you ask me, is his leadership. He gets everyone to buy in to Bill Belichick. Without Brady in there in lockstep, every time that there's a practice and everyone's all upset, and Tom Brady's going, "Hey, listen, he's right." You know, get your get your crap together. Without that guy in the locker room, you, it's very easy to lose the team and lose the yeah. buy-in for the team. And then the other piece was Brady always took a hometown discount on his contracts. He always he never took a max contract. He was always middle of the pack, and that allowed them to get the other tools they needed to surround the team, whether they were defense or offense, to be good teams. And and that's that was what his value is, you know. Well, you can say that about like uh, you walk into like any high school in a, in America, and you look up at the banners up in the gymnasium, and, and you look back, and it was like thirty years ago. Oh, they were football high school football champs, state champs for five, you know four yeah. years in a row. And then what happened? Most of those kids graduated, and then you have to rebuild an entire that's, team. That's what's going on right now. And this is what's going on. You you have a guy who was you know he had he had his 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 right hand men like Gronk and you know all these other guys that were helping him out because they worked together with this camaraderie thing. Once that ends, because everything comes to an end, right. you have to rebuild that, and you can't just rebuild that. <clears throat> By just saying, well, because we were already a championship team, we should be continuing to be. Well, a in the yeah. NFL too, because of the because of the salary cap and all that stuff, the difference between being a winner and a loser is so razor thin every year. You, you two years ago, you talk about the Buffalo Bills, or a year ago, you talk about the Buffalo Bills, and you'd be like, they're going to dominate the division for the next twenty years, and then you look at the division, and now now it's the Dolphins you're worried about. And then they get Aaron Rodgers of the Jets. You're worried about Aaron Rodgers. It's literally that razor close. And a coach like Belichick, he might give you an extra win or two a year. Well, here, here's the thing that I think needs to be said, that if you go back uh, you know, in their first-round draft history, yeah, okay, the last first-round draft pick that really amounted to a whole stack of anything – was Dante Hightower in 2012? Yeah, yeah. They've uh, there were a couple of years where they had no first round draft picks, but uh, their last eight have amounted to very, very little. Correct. Yeah, you know, like Christian Gonzalez. I think if he's healthy, he's going to wind up being great. Well, but, but, th- but, but, but this is but this is the whole argument. You know, he hasn't. You know, if you go back to 2000, you know, that far back, he's you know he's getting guys like Richard Seymour and Vince Wilfork and uh, you know, Gerard Mayo and Devin McCourty and you know, Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower. But then after that, it's a whole big stack of not a whole hell of a lot. The reason why is he at that point assumes the role of general manager. Correct. And the deficit of this team is about Talent. the players you are choosing, and you know you can have great talent you can have great character you can have a great atmosphere in in the clubhouse ultimately the nfl is about the caliber of players you are selecting in the draft i I go even farther to say you get a gm just to draft or sign your offensive talent because when it comes to defensive talent bill belichick is usually on the stick if christian gonzalez doesn't get hurt and if matthew judon doesn't get hurt 
you have I can't even this, the defense is still one of the best defenses in the league this year. That's yeah. how atrocious the offense was. So you don't even have a full team problem. You have a, just an offense problem. So get a GM just to help him on offense. You know what I'm saying? Well, you you got to do something and and firing Bill Belichick I just I just don't think is the right answer. And you're I don't not going to you're not going to think... you're not going to find anybody as a greater tactician of football right. than that guy. And I don't think the Patriots' answer is to draft a quarterback. I think their answer is to get Russell Wilson or, or Kirk Cousins, someone who's a, a solid vet, game manager with experience, team leader, everything, get them in there, and then just get a better offensive line. You know what I mean? Draft draft a, a good tackle. Um, and then hope for Gonzalez to come back and Judon to come back. Your defense is going to be formidable. And then and then and then you're we're we're sitting here talking about a whole different Ball of wax next year. I hope so because I think those uh, conversations with Scott Zolak next season will be a whole lot more, uh, you know, happy and 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 lilting and uh, footloose and fancy free. I'll tell you what, though, if we have another conversation with Zolak and he tells us again how he got floor seats to Taylor Swift, <laughs> and I have to sit here and listen to it. Yeah, Nagel, I think you're in the same boat. I am. Yeah, uh, I am. Uh, I'm really just focused on the next topic that we're going to get into. Uh, you you already checked out. That's yeah, too much yeah. sports. Well, listen, I was checked out uh, when this uh, when this segment began, even though I said some words. <laughs> yeah, then, I know. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, no, I, but you made good points. I was ready to move on, talk about fart jokes, and, you, and all of a sudden you want to well, interject. No, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna move on and talk about something controversial. Oh, and, okay. Uh, it's, and and we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back, and uh, you people are not gonna like what I have to say. Oh, does yeah, this well, have anything yeah. to do with We're running start already, aren't we? Yeah, does this have anything to do with uh, any stance against uh, twenty dollars dinner comedy shows? No, but it is a food debate. So, oh, okay, all right. all right, all right, okay, fair enough. Date nineteen with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two, Springfield's Classic Rocket. Rock One Hundred Two, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's eight twenty-seven and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. Dan Brown will give you the uh, forecast because he's really good at it. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rock One Hundred Two and FeelGoodShopLocal.com want to help you start the new year off right with a shopping spree. Over fifty local businesses on their site. You can shop from the comfort of your own home. You go to Rock One Hundred Two for your chance to win a one hundred dollar gift certificate to Feel Good Shop Local. Uh, a winner will be chosen on January sixteenth. My God, that's like twelve days from today. It's your chance to win with feelgoodshoplocal.com and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. All right, Marty, you ready? I'm ready. Italy is in a meltdown right now. Oh, hey, what are you talking about my people for? <laughs> hey. After pineapple just showed up on the menu at a well-known pizza place. It's become an acceptable mm. topping for a lot of Americans, but most Italians still passionately disagree with that. Okay. Real Italians, not you Italian. Hey, not, what, not hey, what are you trying to say? My boy, what are the, you trying to say? The Chicopee Italians don't really resonate with the rest of the world, if you know what I'm, I'm saying. I'm also half Irish, so. Uh, yeah, a highly respected third-generation pizza owner named Gino Sorbillo just uh, decided to challenge that trend by adding it as an option at his restaurant. To be clear, it's not the first time someone in Italy has put pineapple on pizza. Other places have done it, but it's a big deal because his restaurant is in the heart of Naples, the pizza capital of the world. I thought He's, that was New Haven. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with these? <laughs> oh, that's you know a pizza. That's the a pizza. pizza capital of the world. Uh, it, it, yeah, the a pizza. It is the pizza capital of the world. Just yeah. ask Frank Pepe. He'll tell you the exact same thing. <laughs> he says uh, this guy says he's doing it to combat food prejudice, and it annoys him when people quote follow the crowd and condition themselves according to other people's views. 
That said, he's not selling what we'd call a Hawaiian pizza. He has three types of cheese. The pineapple is cooked twice to give it a caramelized taste. And the big biggest difference is it's a white pizza with no tomato sauce. Why has it got to be a white pizza? Because he said tomatoes are a fruit, and you should never have two fruits on a pizza. It makes everything too acidic and, quote, wouldn't be a good product. In other words, pineapple on pizza is okay, but if you're just tossing it around in your normal order from Domino's, he thinks that's trash. And you know what? This guy's got a point. I would try that because it's not a traditional pizza. Listen, you're going to tell me you've never had a Hawaiian pizza and thought this is good? No, I've never had that. You've never never had a piece of Hawaiian pizza? You've never tried it? I've tried a piece of Hawaiian pizza, and I hated it. It was disgusting. I wanted to vomit. You didn't have a good place making your Hawaiian pizza? Well, I've had... Uh, I've had the Hawaiian pizza. Yes, sir. I would never in a million years order it myself. Um, it's just okay. Yeah, to me, I I, I want meat. I want I want meat on my on my pizza. Yeah. Well, but but I but I'm also the kind of guy that uh, you know I know a lot of people don't like anchovies on a pizza. I happen to love it. Oof, I it's can't. delicious. Really? Oh yeah. Oh. That's you know, I find that pizza's not nearly salty enough. But that's that, that's an age old thing though. That's been going yeah. on for years. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people like a, you know <clears throat> firmly against the idea of anchovies. I got no problem with anchovies at all. Listen, I I don't understand the hate. This is where you and I diverge, <laughs> Steve. Again, it's like ketchup on a hot dog. I don't understand the hate directed at people who like a Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> I like a Hawaiian pizza. You want to know why? It's the recipe. This guy, the guy makes a point about the acidic. But that's kind of that's kind of BS because what happens with the Hawaiian pizza is you have the pizza, which is already a winner, right? So you got cheese, you got sauce, you got bread. Now you add ham. So you got salt yeah. and you got meat. Yeah. And now you balance that out with pineapple, which is really sweet. It yeah. covers everything. You got, you got crunchy, more, you salt, got more of a sweet. sweet tooth than I've got. I do. I, you do, and I'm not. Yeah, like I don't like. Uh, I don't like things that are too sweet. But you know, if you order a Hawaiian pizza, you're doing it because you kind of prefer it. I'm not that kind of guy. Would ever say, you know, if I'm going to spend twenty bucks or more on a, on a pizza, then I'm going to waste it on a Hawaiian pizza. I want a pizza that's going to be salty and delicious with lots of oozing cheese i listen i'm a tr- i like a good combo pizza i'm also a real traditionalist one of the ways i'll evaluate a pizza place if everyone's raving about a pizza place is i will get a margarita or i will get like just a cheese slice and just see how it is but every once in a while i might be in the mood the, the other thing i like is uh broccoli and chicken on a pizza on a white With, pizza on a or white on a red pizza. sauce? On a red sauce. Say it now, but try it. It's got to be a. It's got to be the white sauce, the garlic or the cheese. Or I take like you that. to John's Pizza in Chicopee. I get you a broccoli. With the with the chicken either grilled or breaded on there, you're gonna be oh, it's perfect with the red sauce. It's uh, you know, being uh, from New Jersey and upstate New York, uh, one of the things that was new to me here was the combo pizza was the yeah. with, with the hamburger on it. Yeah, the thing I don't like about the hamburger and the pizza, it really doesn't have a lot of flavor to it. Some places just oh. they don't, but they don't make. No, my point being is it, like sausage has so, flavor to it. 
the ground beef that's just fried in a pan with no seasoning or anything like that, that's uh, that's kind of bland. I'm kind of with you on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really? I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, E2 I, I, I prefer a meatball pizza where the, where the, where the meat is seasoned. Oh, see. You know? no. there, there needs to be more seasoning in it. I'm kind of yeah. with you on that one. Really? Yes. Oh, but, yes. Uh, but, but like pepperoni, I think, is uh, absolutely uh, an essential meat product because I believe uh, nitrates are the best traits. But now you get into, <laughs> now you get into what kind of pepper? Pepperoni. You like a traditional pepperoni? You like a you like a thick cut cup pepperoni? I gotta take you the one. Yeah, I yeah. do. I do like a pepperoni, uh, and this is gonna sound really gross. Uh, like the small pepperonis, that kind of uh, cup, the big fat yeah, blobs of fat. Yeah, oh, the cup. That's cup so pepperoni. Good. Yeah, nice yeah. and greasy. Well, it's uh, a nice and thin piece that curls up. Yeah, in the in the in the yeah. Oven. That's the that's the cup pepperoni. That's. I hate to put the brakes on this, but we have a newscast oh, and God. commercials to play. Oh. It's 834 oh. already in Rock 102. Oh. Here's your Western Mass News first. Next. 836 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> it's time for news. Here's local radio icon uh, Steve Nagel. I, uh, I can't even read this on the air, but a listener shared uh, something negative about you, Marty. Which, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. Ketchup on a hot dog and a Hawaiian effing pizza. Do not ever let him talk about food again. But he also puts this thing in there that I cannot say on the air. Uh, to, starts it off with, but good for him. <laughs> you know, sir, that I don't even know how you insulted yeah. me. Say it to my face, all right? Tonight, you can pay $20 in advance, get your tickets, <laughs> come out to Loft Comedy Club. What's on the menu? Pineapple and pizza? Pineapple pizza. I believe tonight yeah. is a chicken stir fry. Oh, with chicken okay, stir fry. Yeah. You know, with some rice and everything. By, and by the way, I, by the way, I had that uh, chicken stir fry at the last show I was at. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. That yeah. was back in the middle of December when they had that's that. What's so. coming back. That's what's coming back. So, we have a few staples that people like, and that's what's coming back. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. You're co- are you going to come by and do a spot or what? I might. I might. So if you come by and do a spot, you get yourself some chicken stir I have, fry. Uh, I, have, I have another five minutes I want to work on. Yeah. Well, then uh, you heard it here. Come by tonight. And tell that listener It's a whole shtick about pineapple on pizza. I was going to say, or, or Bud Light, one of the two. No. God, uh, no. I wouldn't. Uh, run a special on Modelo. You should come by. <laughs> I want that one guy to come by. That's what I, I want. Really, yeah. I would love to because I Listen, feel like. Listen, I'll buy his ticket. If that guy calls back, I will I will buy him a ticket. I'll get his name and we'll put it on the guest list and I'll give you the twenty. And I'll bucks tell you what, gout gout be damned, I'll have a beer with the guy. <laughs> no, you, you can't you can't hurt yourself. Oh, uh, I'm not going unless there's a coffee cake involved. That's <laughs> or it. Or cheesecake. I want cheesecake or coffee that's cake. That's all I've been thinking about this entire time. That's that's it. Otherwise <laughs> I'm staying home. Uh just to get into bed early. Just just to get serious for a moment. I I don't even have to go into the, the horrible story that came out of Summers uh the other night where Four children were killed in a house fire. The the GoFundMe link that is a verified yeah. GoFundMe link is now up on not only my Facebook page but it's also up on the uh, the Rock 102 Mornings page. Good. So if you feel like you want to donate or whatever, that is a verified one. You're not going to get scammed uh, by anybody. That is someone directly related to uh, the family that is going through that tragedy. So if you can uh, take that, go ahead. Um, as far as uh, this newscast goes, uh, we talked about an ice cream shop opening up in West Springfield. Yeah, right. New soft serve place in the in the uh, the eating section. Yeah, of but, West Springfield. But today I didn't know it's National Spaghetti Day. Where's the best place to get oh spaghetti in Western uh, Massachusetts? What's your best spaghetti story? I, uh, let's. Do, do you have a place where to get best spaghetti? Because I know one of them that's going to make the list. I have a guess. Um, 
Joe's in Northampton. That's going to make the list. I don't, uh, I don't know, know Joe's. if I have a specific place that I would get spaghetti from. I mean, most Italian restaurants are pretty decent uh, yeah. that I've had oh, around here that uh, I really can't complain about the spaghetti. I mean, I wouldn't get spaghetti from like a Taco Bell. Like if they came no, out with a no. special. Oh, God. Like, hey, we're serving, uh, we're serving spaghetti inside of a taco shell. I got. I got to send you this. I got to send you this video. It's a reel on Instagram. It's this kid. He he made a compilation video of messing with Italians from 2023. He went yeah. to Italy for like a year. He. It's the first thing he does is he orders cappuccino and he pours water in the cappuccino and you just see this guy behind him watching, going like, ha, <laughs> and he just keeps. He keeps making. He does like a picture in front of the Leaning Tower of Pisa where he's making the tower look like it's coming uh, from part of his anatomy, and the guy pulls his phone away. <laughs> and just when you can't think, it gets more. He he orders uh, he orders wine, and he the guy brings him wine. And he's putting ice cubes in the wine glass. The guy comes over and takes the wine away from him, like. The last one though, he's eating pasta, spaghetti in a restaurant. And he pulls out a set of scissors. So he's got the pasta on one hand and the scissors. He's trimming the pasta. There's a, there's a TikTok channel. It's these two Italian guys. Young, yeah, yeah. young Italian guys, probably in their 20s. And what they do is they, they show videos of people butchering you know, pasta recipes. Yeah. <laughs> and the two guys will be like standing there. One one holds a like a like a cross. Like it needs to be like like an exorcism <laughs> needs to happen. Like you're 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 so insulting Italian food or they you know this can't I love it. It's hilarious. Oh uh, you, you, but hey real quick you were talking about ice cream. Yeah. Are you doing that thing or no? Did you get asked to do it or am I the only Ooh, one who got one? Uh, roped into this one? Uh the batch ice cream fundraiser. I think I told you guys about this before. Oh you're you scooping. brought it up and it made me think of it. Uh, you asked me about it, but when is it? It's uh, Monday, January 15th. Uh, it goes from 2.30 to 7.30 p.m. Uh, I'm going to be there scooping ice cream. Uh, it's for a cause. All the money goes for um, this program that they basically uh, fill in the gaps between the foster system and kids getting on their own, I believe. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is, so... Um, well, nothing sure. better than to have a guy with gout scoop ice cream. I think yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, listen, you know, so. why don't they get the, uh, uh, like a, a couple guys with like uh, like rotator cuff surgery? <laughs> or, you know, like it's like a butcher <laughs> missing an arm or uh, yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> he's gonna scoop the ice cream yeah. with his feet. This is the dangers of the job. I'm gonna come in here. I'm gonna come in here on the 16th with uh, two casts on each wrist. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah, no, it's bad yeah, ice the, cream. It's the other house. celebrity scooper is pitcher Jim Adams. <laughs> that's a great reference that not a lot of people get. Yeah, we'll look it up. He's, he's he, on Wikipedia. One of one of the best. I used to love him as a pitcher. Yeah, uh, you could. Yeah, you could do you, your wrist get all banged up. You could. You could. Oh, we have a new flavor: caramel tunnels. And- <laughs> <laughs> I like. Hey, that's a good idea. If the people at Batch are listening, they should make caramel tunnel syndrome just for that day, and I will scoop it. Make it uh, extra soft. Obviously, uh, you played video games when you were a kid, back right? sure. And then Marty, you've obviously played video games when you were a kid. Uh still, still known to play one or two here and there. I think there's a there's a, between the three of us. There's a little bit of generational difference here. Oh, what you think first, so? Get it, where was the first video game system you played? Pong. On what uh, p- platform was it? Uh, uh, in television was it? No, uh, this this is before in television when it was actually. Pong. It was like a, a Pong console that yeah, you put okay. into your TV. I had that. We had the and I feel like I'm cheating right now because uh, I went to this place called State Line Games in Enfield, mm-hmm. Connecticut. Yeah, it's and they have all the history of all, it's the it's the coolest game store. If you're, it's in Enfield. They have all the 
consoles up along the wall. Yeah, and wow. I went because I was I wanted to get one of those things that I see advertised on Facebook where it's like a stick and you put it in the back of your TV and it has yeah. like all the games that have ever been made on. I it. got one of those. Do you? It's not a stick. It's just a, it's a Nintendo system. It's probably about like you know yeah. the size of a book or like a small book. And then it has it's loaded with like a hundred games on it. Or yeah, something. well, this thing is like twenty thousand. But yeah, I want one of those, right? Yeah. So I went there to talk to the guys, see if they had them. They have every game system up along the wall from the beginning, from Pong. It yep. was Magnavox Pong. Magnavox and Pong. One. And then there was a Odyssey was one. Odyssey. Yeah, I had Odyssey. That's what so we had. We had in television. Which was that, that was that was that was a groundbreaking one. That right was there. Uh, that was like, and actually, the graphics are way better than they were on Atari, which which came out years later. My brother Joe's a super nerd, right? Yeah, he's an engineer and everything. My brother Joe, my dad was like, you know, it's Christmas. My brother's like, listen, we're gonna ask for a gaming system for the two of us together. He had it all planned out. I was like, yeah, we're gonna get Atari. He's like, why are we gonna get Atari? All of our friends on the block, the Keatings, everyone else, they're all getting Atari. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask for Intellivision. It's a little more money, but the games are better. And I was like, all right. So we had Intellivision. <clears throat> our, the Keatings had Ataris, and we would go back and forth and play. I remember Intellivision was so state-of-the-art. They had a big module that you had snapped into the side of it, mm-hmm. and that made it talk. Because back then, a video yes. game that talked. Oh, I remember that. that one. They had so a, I, a B-17 game, and it would make the, the plane talk. So I had Atari as a kid, and my yeah. best friend had in television. That's, and he, 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 right. he kicked my ass in it because he could figure out the, uh, the, uh, the controller a whole lot more than I could because it was it, it was a, a disc. disc. Mm-hmm. It was a disc. And we, we, we would play, what the hell was it? Pitfall. Oh, yes. Pitfall. Was, yeah, yeah. Pitfall. That was a good game. That was a good game. They had auto racing on television. It was way better because you had the wheel, so you could you do the wheel like you were in a car on the uh, on the thing. And the Intellivision controller, if you think about this right now, very similar controls to the smartphone that we have nowadays because the Intellivision Total. controller had side buttons. It had side buttons and it had a like a keypad, yeah, keep, and then you would put the Overlay. insert. Yeah, it was an insert. Like we played, uh, we had we had Beauty and the Beast. Did you ever play that game? It was like it was like the original Donkey Kong. But I mean, was... our parents didn't get us that because we were men. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with three sisters in my house. Yeah, he had so, no yeah, choice. He was playing Pretty Pretty Princess uh, every day. Double, yeah. it, it wasn't Double Dragon. It was like a Dragon Quest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, and yeah. then we had like Blackjack, I think. And but each the insert, casino one was the best. Yeah, and each one had the little insert. Too. Yeah. But then uh, I really, I then I had a hand me down Atari system, and then eventually I got Nintendo, and that's what this story is about. If you had an original Nintendo back in the nineties. You probably spent countless hours on this game, but we all just got schooled by a Gen Zer. A 13-year-old gamer in Oklahoma named Willis Gibson just became the first person ever to beat Tetris. He goes by the name Blue Scooty online. Blue Scooty. Uh, if it's been a while, each level of Tetris gets faster and yeah. faster. And usually it just keeps going till you lose, but there's a glitch where it can eventually get so fast the console can't keep up and it crashes. Until now, only AI had been able to do it. Willis made it to level 157 before it finally froze. And what that means, that's the wall of the video game. That's where that, it that stops. Yeah. That's the end of the programming of the video game. They didn't program any more uh, levels amazing. after that. And How this old kid, is this kid? He's 13 years old. How he long did it take him? 
I don't I, I don't know. I didn't see how long it took him. You can watch the whole video on YouTube. When it crashes, he freaks out and starts hyperventilating. And I watched the whole thing. Yeah, he yeah. Was doing it, but they only show the clip of where he actually beats it. I don't. So you know how like hard that has to that. It's extremely hard, yeah. and and, it, and they were talking it. You really got to watch this uh, YouTube video because it shows yeah. the different techniques that the kid was using yeah. about how somebody figured out if you if you do this double edged button pushing. It was it was some kind of technique that they were showing. I, I just want to say, oh, thirty eight uh, minutes. It took only thirty eight minutes. Yeah, what yeah. and and what they were explaining in the video is when it gets to level twenty nine, so fast. That's the fastest it goes. Right, but you have to be. Like in order to keep going up levels, it's it's that same speed, but you have to be so quick with your fingers in order to keep getting those lines because it's every ten lines that you clear right. you get mm. a new level. Um, the entire run took thirty eight minutes. He has now set several new world records, including the highest score, just over six million eight hundred fifty thousand points. Tetris on Nintendo came out 34 years ago in 1989, more than two decades decades before this kid was born. He says his next goal to do it again, but to try to be more efficient about it. I would swear to you that if my brother had uh, had an interest in te- Tetris, he would have been the the guy doing that. Yeah, because he was uh, like so. He's my nephews too, the same way. They're like brainiacs with that. Stuff. There's the Rubik's cube. Remember the mm-hmm. Rubik's cube? I do. Was a big thing. My brother could do the Rubik's cube and like. I don't know, eight seconds, ten seconds, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And both my nephews are the same way because the Rubik's Cube has now come back. It's like a cool thing. You know what I used to do? I used to take the stickers off. Yeah, because that's what I did. I was dumb. <laughs> put them all back. Yeah, put them all back. Yeah. I was dumb. My brother would be like, hey, mom, dad, watch this. And then they'd be like, I'll give it to Marty now, your brother. Let him drool and bite on the corners of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what level did this kid reach? Uh, 157. Wow. Because I tell you what, uh, the best I ever got was level 42. See what I'm doing there? Yeah. 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 yeah I see you. I feel yeah. Level 42. Anyway, I'm not even going like to bother with it. I like to take, I, <laughs> What's wrong with that? I you like know what? That's song. a throwback to the old uh, Cold War, though. Once again, the Americans beating a Russian yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're doing it only took us 34 years, but we did it, you <laughs> commie bastards. Uh, your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be clear and sunny with a high of 39 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 32. 31 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Um, it's 8.52 with Banks and Nagel on Rock 102. It's, you know, it's so funny to talk about the uh, <laughs> you know, video games. I remember... Remember, you know, like you know, nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine. You know, getting yep. that Atari for the first time and being blown away by <sighs> the graphics of Missile Command. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. This is like magic that these scientists have been able to put this together. And now you look at video games, even on your yeah. phone. Like, well, this is so much, so much well, better. Uh, to my point earlier about uh, you know how some of the graphics on the older consoles were actually better than anything that new came out. You know, later in the eighties. With the, you know, we're talking about television being better than Atari and things like that. ColecoVision was better than them all. That came out a couple of years after them. ColecoVision I, was, that was awesome. I uh, I got into PC games a little bit, like yeah. back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And there was this, there was this NASCAR game. Because I used to play NASCAR on the Sega. Yeah. I, had a, I had a buddy of mine. We used to go over and you know drink beers and you know, play. Sega games. was like when I was in college. Yeah. We were yeah. everyone had Sega in their dorm room. And then uh, I had this. Uh, I had this. Uh, I got a Windows ninety eight computer. 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and it had, but it had this game on it. It was a, like a NASCAR game. It was the graphics on it were just blowing everything away. So you think that yeah. now, but then if you go back and look at it, you'll be like, "This is what I." Well, but, but my point <laughs> being was like, for the next ten years, that game was still ahead of the graphics game yeah. on anything that I had played. Oh, yeah, until, yeah. Until, you know, obviously we got, you know, Xbox and all this. Did other you guys stuff. have, like, one kid in your neighborhood who could beat every game? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Mantis. Uh, Brian yeah. Keating. Okay. In, in yeah. mine. Brian, it's still to this day, I think he I think he might even get paid to test video games now in his spare time. The kid was unbelievable, but I was thinking about that. Back then, you remember how those games, you couldn't turn off the console because they weren't savable? Yeah, yeah. So you just have the game on for like a day, a day yeah. and a half. Oh, Castlevania or whatever the game was. But then when Zelda came out and you could save Zelda, yeah, I remember he was like, "I beat it." We're like, "What is that? I beat it." It took him like a day and a half. Yeah, because you could save the information. And yeah. You have to go back. The one thing that I don't really understand, and you know, it's out there. Like you know, all these kids on Twitch now oh, yeah, that, are, yeah. that are getting paid. Oh yeah. To, uh, or they have like a channel on on YouTube of them just playing a video game. When I was a kid, and you had like a two player game on, on television, and you couldn't both play at the same time, yeah. it took you an hour and a half before it was your turn <laughs> yeah. to play yeah. the game. It was like the most boring hour, and a half. I might as well have been doing homework for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, t- to me, like watching somebody else play a game, there's nothing fascinating about that for me, even to this day. I I, ju- I just can't. Get into watching somebody else having fun. I agree with you, but I would watch Brian play these games, and it was like, it's like watching. It's it's almost saying like watching somebody throw a football back and forth. You'd be like, whatever. But if it's Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, you're like enthralled. Like, look at how look how fast he throws that. It makes a whistling sound in the air. That's amazing. <laughs> that was what it was like watching this kid play game. It was. Unbelievable. Yeah. Somebody wants to know, Marty, if you uh, played war games on Coleco. Uh, yeah, I I didn't. Uh, I played like uh, I didn't have Coleco because Coleco was the rich kids one. Yeah, right? it was a rich yeah. kids one. Brian got ColecoVision because his parents are like, look, it, this kid is going to dedicate his life to video games. Like he's that good at them, so that's what you can get for Christmas. Yeah, I'm looking it up. ColecoVision was only out for like. Three years, but it was a high end yeah. gaming yeah. system. And the, it the, was so the, high. The end. controller was kind of like it almost looked like a phone pad with like a knob on it. Yes, and I think I think it had side buttons too. Sim- yes, similar to the Intellivision, except the, the disc of the Intellivision was inlaid. The ColecoVision was like a disky kind of joystick thing that was raised. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I that store that I was telling you about, State Line Vegas, they also have the old computer consoles. So they have like the Texas Instrument one. They have uh, Commodore 64. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, Commodore. When with, Commodore 64 with, came with out, the, you were like, bro, this thing is amazing. That's my, I wonder if I can use my tape recorder right. to be the same hard drive <laughs> as, the, as the Commodore. <laughs> that's my email signature on my iPhone. It says, sent from my Commodore 64. That's hilarious. And you, and you every once in a while, depending on who, like most people, like the younger generation don't even they don't know even what that it. means. Yeah. But every once in a while, like, man, I haven't played that game in so long. <laughs> Hey, uh, today happens to be a Thunderbird Thursday. We got a, a four-pack of tickets for this Saturday's game against the Providence Bruins. It not only includes uh, tickets on the ice, well, by the ice, well, near the near ice, the ice. Uh, very close to the ice, 
but also four hats, four koozies, four stickers, and a Thunderbirds drawstring bag. I, All of that can be yours. I think it's called On the Glass. On the Glass. It says tickets on the ice. I, I don't believe you can actually sit on the ice while pucks what are being thrown around you. Yeah, what would, a great seat that would be, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, the, thun, the Thunderbirds are really ramping up the fan experience. Oh, they yeah. Put you right out in the middle of the ice and get slapped in the head with a puck. Your, <laughs> nothing beats a mouth a mouthful of broken teeth. Right? Your, they're like, here's your drawstring bag. There's two Marth guards in there, so enjoy the game. <laughs> anyway, 10th call right now at 293-1021 wins that uh, Thunderbird prize pack for Saturday's game against the Providence Bruins. It's 857 on Rock 102.